and welcome to episode 402 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, and I have also never won the popular vote. Uh, who is joining me here in the mystical, magical Justin Allen Memorial Studio? Of Patreon.com slash LazerTime. I'm uh, uh, Chris Antista, and I don't have anything funny to say right now. Darn it. Um, who else is with us? Well, I, too, am Justin Allen. This is Matthew Allen. Uh, I am evil ex-boyfriend number four. Hey. And special guest. Yep. Larry Charles here, back for the second time. Yeah. I'm going to win this time. Last time I was second place. Today I'm getting first. We, we really got to have you mo- on more often than once a year. the gauntlet is, right up yep. front. Smart. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, oh, I should have meant throwing out Street Cleaner, because that's made by people who actually listen to the show. Oh, it's yeah. a great game that's we, out. We um, will we talk about playing. Street Cleaner. Street Cleaner, baby. Yeah. You know what game I just finished? Well, I'm a, I'm about to finish. I have like five more days. Okay. Secret of Maga. I'm almost done <laughs> with <laughs> Secret of Maga. <laughs> Do you know what I'm going to move on to next? No, no, not not Dairy Queen Quest or Bozo Trigger or Final Fantasy Deepfake. I'm moving on to Trials of Maga. Trials of MAGA is what I'll be moving. I think you've already lost 60 plus of those Trials of MAGA. It does. Here's my secret plan. Uh, It has online multiplayer. So people who join me from around the country can enjoy in Trials of MAGA. Well, here's the problem, though. It's a JRPG, so I'm sorry. You're going to have to go back through the entire game to collect the four (laughs) secret orbs. We have to do these past four I'll just run in 2024 for New Game Plus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do, just don't wipe the raid, man. Just don't wipe the raid. <laughs> that's it. I told you I was going to do something stupid at the beginning. That, that's My pretty last good. That's pretty blank good. Blank of MAGA joke. Hopefully, of all time. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll never have to think about it after this week. Wouldn't that Look be nice? Look forward to the trials of MAGA, and I really, really will. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good start, man. Good yeah, start. It's going to be street yeah. cleaner. My bad. No. It's it's going to be a fun show. It's going to be. A nostalgic show, especially for people roughly our age, because this week's topic was inspired by a Twitter account I follow called at Pukelblinky, who started tweeting about how like, oh, yeah, uh, movies from 2001 this year are as old as these other movies from 1981. And it's like that, that's my favorite comparison. Yeah. Like when you do that to pop culture, it, it makes you just melt. Yeah. With yeah. And, and I'm, I'm already on the verge of melting just because 2001 was an amazing year for gaming. Like, a bunch of games came out that kind of set the template for modern gaming as we know it. And to think that these games are now two decades old, the the age of a young person who's very excited about getting to drink next year... No, these games go up to you at the liquor store and Mm -hmm. say, hey man, I'm almost 21, can't you just buy me some beer, man, please? (laughs) I mean, when when these games came out, I was like, what, 22, I think. Oh, regenerate your shield, man, just give me some beer. Yeah. (laughs) So so this is like half a lifetime We we do another show called 302010 that looks back at anniversaries, and like, so 30 years ago this year, we're looking at like Super Mario World and F-Zero and Sonic, Mm -hmm. and... That makes sense, but I think our generation may have uh, may have, have carelessly divided the generations into 8-bit and 3D. And I think it's really hear- hard to hear for us 3D games are multiple decades old because they yeah. still feel like the newer versions of the things we grew up playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> that, that really blows my mind. And I hate doing this, but we've been podcasting for 15 years, and I remember like our 10th podcast... 
was Brett reminding us, hey guys, The Matrix is 10 years old. Like, whoa, I never imagined being alive this long. Oh my God. I should have been an assassinated president or died in a hail of gunfire. I don't know what I was supposed to be at 30, but... It, Can you imagine the bullshit that Peter Jackson's going to put us through when Lord of the Rings turns like those silver and gold anniversaries, like 25th oh, year? Oh, my God. I mean, he created a whole studio that, as far as I know, is only making World War One and Beatles documentaries. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to start tinkering with those Lucas style, or dare I say, Evangelion style very soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, think it's going to be the TV spokesperson salesman who's going to try to hawk those at us yeah. late night on television. Who could forget the storming of Mordor? <laughs> <laughs> Where were you? Were you feeding your Tamagotchi? Um. Where were you when all the orcs were slamming their spears against the ground outside of Helm's Deep in that trailer? We were all skateboarding down shields that year. Mm-hmm. It was it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, this, I'm not even nostalgic for this because these, if I'm being very, very honest, these are the games I played when I was an adult. A new adult, but like... Yeah. Um, there are more games than there were in the previous decades, and I had less time than ever. Yeah. So while I could replay RPGs to death as a young man on bit bit based systems, some of these games, yeah, like I have one run through, one magical one through run through, and I, and yeah, I feel like less of an expert in these games than I do the older one. Yeah, and I mean, two two thousand one was also the year where like what was then the next gen kind of came mm-hmm. into its own, where like. PS2 had come out the previous fall, and everybody was like, well, SSX is pretty good, but what else you yeah. got? And yeah. and so there was, like, this long period of just, like, you know, kind of weird games that people weren't that enthusiastic about. And then 2001, like, the, the big hits start to roll out, uh, yeah. getting into fall. And that's when... Uh, the Xbox comes out. That's when the GameCube comes out. So it's it's just a fantastic I, year for gaming uh, all around. I forgot about that. The PS2 hits its stride right in the, 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 the five-day period that GameCube and Xbox come out in November. Mm-hmm. They're like five days apart. Yes. Wow. And I, st- I still remember like going out and buying them literally a week apart. Yeah. That's no, crazy. I couldn't afford either, either of them. I just mm-hmm. remember like, uh, man, only... Three Nintendo first-party launch games. What is this, Russia? Yeah. And- <laughs> well, it was also like remember uh, GameSpot or GameStop. Sorry, was uh, selling them in bundles, and that was like the only way that you could buy them. So you had to buy like three games along with your your. But one uh, of the GameCube. one of them was Smash. It like launched with Smash and Pikmin, didn't it? It was it was good. The GameCube launch kept, launch was not bad. Hmm. I can't remember. I don't quote me on Pikmin, Smash. but Smash for sure. I mean, Smash Melee yeah. did come out in 2001. I'm not sure if it was launch or not. Well, okay, it might have been like a week yeah. or two later. I mean, the other thing we haven't brought up, and I'll only bring it up this time because I don't want to bring the whole podcast down, but 2001, we kind of needed video games. We needed some entertainment to distract uh, yeah. us because uh, kind of a big event happened this year in the U.S. Yeah, so, when you yeah. do a show looking back on pop culture dates and anniversaries and you enter in the 2001 area, you're just like, uh I know you're all thinking about it whenever I say yeah. the goddamn letters. Let's, it used to be a Kubrick movie everybody thought of when I said 2001. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> oh, and having been a newspaper editor that year, I can tell you, like, the first three-fourths of it were all just, like, 2001, a blank odyssey headlines. Like, Yuck. think of Yuck. something else. This is worse than Tis the Season. Uh, and, and then, like, yes, also working at a newspaper uh, for the next three or four years was extremely traumatic 
Uh, because, like, especially in that, like, the first year is like every day was 9 11 stories. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so, being a video game critic at the time, I still remember, like, my editor telling me, like, hey, nothing with terrorists in it, okay? And, like, yeah, don't worry. I, I just want to review <laughs> yeah. cute things right now. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Uh, yeah, more Lemon, I'm going to do I'll a do second Pikmin pass on my cookies and cream review. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Shit, yeah. What's this game? Toki Tori? Sure, it gets a call. Hell now. yeah. <laughs> Where were you writing at the time, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, I was writing in at a, a newspaper in uh, Medford, Oregon, called the, okay. the Mail Tribune. I was a copy editor who lucked into getting a weekly game review column. And that's awesome. That's how it all started. It shouldn't be embarrassing, because <laughs> on bonus time, we talked about something recently, and somebody published a link to your blog of the period, the, the Buy Bush of PS2 oh, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. where I discovered... You did something very cool years before I met you, and just it took another few years to even mention it, and it blew my mind in the middle of a podcast. It was great. <laughs> it was great. Well, thank you. Uh, um, uh, but uh, yes, we will we will get into games that turn twenty this year, making us all feel old. Right after this, do you like Video Game Apocalypse in thirty twenty ten? Well, the Laser Time Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 30, 20, and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Bidja Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. It's a lot of games. Uh, but here are some games I do not love, but have been sitting on sounds for over a decade. Who's that knocking at the door? Hi. Oh, it's Dan Amrick. No, it's <laughs> Hi. It's it's Big Bird. Hi. <laughs> it's Big Bird, and uh, he has uh, a. It's it's one of the first games to have speech in it, and not just speech. Yeah. It is like this is Carol Spinney. This is the voice actor. Um, yeah. A modular version. Peace. Yeah. Of, yeah. The the original and best Big Bird. Let's play hide and speak. Choose a game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, he really like there no enunciate clearly into that mic, Carol, because people aren't going to be able to understand a word of this. Choose a game. And I, what I really love about it is that like a normal game would tell you like fail, you died, wrong, and it's Sesame Street games, so I can't do that. Find the count. Find Bert. That's Grover. <laughs> it can't tell you got it wrong. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 30-2010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yay! And we're back to talk about what? Games that make us feel old. Games make you feel old. Yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent recall. I, I applaud you all for retaining that after games, the commercial. Games we should be ashamed to date. You, you know, Michael, I think I forgot to contextualize. There is one, a, a specific reason I think this came to mind as well was the one of this week's new releases mm. was getting us thinking about nostalgia. You know, okay. so, so I this think is several also, of this week's new releases yeah, are yeah. very yeah, nostalgic. But like, Specifically, like Scott Pilgrim, we were talking yeah. about, like, yeah, what happens? We're looking back now on this thing that was designed to look back. Yeah, you know? we included <laughs> it in the top five a few weeks ago about games that are nostalgic about gaming. Yeah. <laughs> it, is a, yeah. it is a four times removed um, mm-hmm. alternate reality that Scott Pilgrim game, mostly because it's set in 
uh, a reality in Canada I just don't understand. Mm-hmm. It's right. 2000, yeah. everyone's talking about DuckTales. I, I just assume during <laughs> Toronto hockey games, when you knock someone out, it does the Street Fighter KO thing. Like yeah. I just thought that's a yeah. thing. Right? I mean, between this and Letterkenny, I'm just convinced Canadians like to fight all the time. Yeah, man. I mean, have you seen a hockey game? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's begin with number five. Are you really the son of the legendary Dark Knight of Sparta? Didn't your daddy teach you how to use a sword? Sword. <laughs> Time to go to work, guys. Even as a child, I had powers. There's demonic blood in me. Possibly oh, the God. only game mm. that I've ever played where the main character is impaled by his own sword, like in the opening cutscene. <laughs> sure. Was he addressing Ebony and Ivory in that clip? Did we hear? He was. Yes. Time to go to work, boys. This is this is Devil May Cry, the yes. only game featuring guns that are named after a Michael Jackson and uh, who's singing? It was uh, Paul Wonder. Uh, Stevie Wonder. Stevie yeah, sorry, Wonder. Stevie Wonder song. That's right. Ebony yeah. and Ivory. Yeah. Yeah. This was the beginning of a rich franchise that started as mm. it was going to be Resident Evil Four. If you remember, and then they right. decided, like, well, it's gone in kind of its own direction. It's not Can Resident ima- Evil enough. Do you remember people complaining about Resident Evil Six? Like, if they if this had been four, like, what the fuck? Mm. Where's the fixed camera? <laughs> this isn't scary. And you can yeah. definitely cry one. I can just beat everything up with a sword. What the hell? Yeah. All the demons are talking to me. The, the first three games were scary. This is all sky fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they kind of decided like, yeah, let's let's just make this its own thing. And I remember at the time like this reminded me of Castlevania most of all of all things. Like it it kind of had that same sort of feel to the way it was designed and the way that the action yeah. unfolded. Um, I don't know what it. What are your guys' memories? I, I, I started thinking about it because Greg, our buddy Greg, posted about it in the Laser Time community because he's playing the Bloody Palace in the fifth one. Mm. And, and something about that got me started talking with a friend that, like, and it's important for the period that we're talking about. Devil May Cry, if it released five to ten years earlier, would have been the most controversial game ever. A game where you're slaughtering, an M-rated game where you're slaughtering, like, demons and angels and shit. And it just, like... I'm I'm a little shocked in 2001. Like this didn't kick up any fuss no. in anyone. And no. I, I was playing. I loaded up five because of Greg, and there's like kids all over the place. Like I was looking mm. up stuff. Kids love Devil May Cry. Their, oh, yeah. their parents shoved Devil May Cry in their face. Well, is, and if it had come out just a little earlier, it would have been a pariah. This is well past the you know the satanic panic of the 80s. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah. the idea of I like oh a half got... hu- a half demon bounty hunter is killing demons. Like okay, cool. I'm yeah. trying to put myself in, in my frosted tip shoes of 20 years ago when I first heard about this thing. Yeah, so I think, like you, Michael, I was when, when you first saw trailers and stuff, it gave a strong Castlevania vibe. Just a lot of it because of the melodramatic acting, too. You're like, oh, Jesus, oh. this, you know, oh, you, this you, could be. You want to talk about melodramatic acting? Give me some melodramatic. I should have saved you. I should have been the one to fill your dark soul with light. <laughs> God damn! I think I made a mixtape that said that to a girl once. Why? Um, but, but like, but then when you play it, I remember thinking like, 
This feels like how I envision every anime would feel if it became a video mm. game. Like it plays like a moving anime. Like it's yeah, stylistic it. and and, yeah. and just yeah, speed combos. It it preached everything that I was looking for in a game at that time. I love you know frantic kind of like button mashy feel and any kind of new flavor that you can offer it to me. In. And so I at the time hadn't played something like you know Devil May Cry, and I actually was really excited by it. Uh, I like the character design for Dante anyway. You know, make your oh. pasta al Dante. I don't, know. I, don't have a, I don't have a joke. I don't have a joke. I'm sorry. I tried. That's, that's I tried. I'm trying to think if there were other games like this before this. Like, was this a was a, this a gameplay style in Japan? Because this kicked off right. like Bayonetta owes its identity yeah. to this game. But Every platinum game ever owes its identity I, to this. I game. feel this, like this was a, a turning point for 3D combat in general because yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much you guys remember what it was like to play like 3D. You know, hack and slash games before this that didn't have a fixed camera, it sucked. Like, right. the, the the target tracking was bad, the camera tracking was atrocious, cameras would regularly get hung up on scenery. And yeah, I'm thinking of, like, like Dynamite Cop and Brute Force. Like yeah, what, Brute what, Force. What, I was thinking of Brute Force brute myself. Fo- like what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so or glad someone like else thought of Brute Force simultaneously. Glad yeah. you're here, Larry. Greg's been playing the uh, the PS2, like, Shinobi game, and then it had that one spinoff with the girl ninja, and even I, those yeah. are just super rough to watch. You're just like, oh, this camera is not great. But, like, when I think of an S ranking, I think of Devil May Cry. This is the huh. first game that exposed me to that kind of mm-hmm. like scoring system for well, yeah, the, combos the, and kicking ass. The idea of style points. Yeah. yeah. Like so you're going to get I, rewarded not just for hacking up enemies, but for doing it in a way that looks really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. imagine I beat the level, but I suck. Wait, what? That was super frustrating for me. I never, uh, not until like uh, DMC 4, like mm-hmm. I had to play DMC, the remake, before I could figure out like, all right, this is better at teaching me how to change these things up a little bit. Because I was really frustrated by that. I thought I was doing well in mm-hmm. the first Devil May Cry, but it's just like, uh, eh, adequate C. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. You can walk for graduation, but not, yeah. with, a, not with a front crowd. Kind of almost I mean, like a, a Tony like even... Hawk approach. Where it's like, yeah. it's all about the combos and the style and don't repeat the same tricks and you'll get a higher score. No, no, no. Well, I can cheat Tony Hawk pretty well, but it's difficult to cheat Devil May Cry because it really does ask you to do a variety of things mm-hmm. rather than just string them together without breaking. Hmm. It, it does command a variety, and it had a lot of shit to remember. And I only remember this because, like, um, I kept pausing it to like look at the moves list, and it was one of those f- those last games to like keep its gameplay counter when the game is paused. And I had like a hundred hours in it uh, mm. after all was said and done. Wow. Like, I did not play a hundred hours of this game. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> How many hours would you attribute to the research then, if you had to break it down, like and just I, make a guess? I, well, I know. Okay, so I remember specifically, we had, we only had one bonfire party at that house, and that also happened in the middle of my DMC pause. So it's <laughs> like a, like fourteen hours of that is added to the one party we got okay. people to show up to, and <laughs> but yeah, the 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 moves list stuff, I could never really keep a good track of that, and mm-hmm. um and yeah, it was for a while I was trying to like. 100% everything, and it just wasn't working out for me. And I read the reviews of Devil May Cry 2, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to think about this series again. And meanwhile, I re-downloaded 5 today. It, that's that's a great point. Is like mm. I actually think this is one of the franchises that maybe been bungled the most. Like it's just like there was so much potential after this first game, and mm. then like two and three hit. Neither hit is strong. Oh, I think, I, I think, I think three we all hit on show, super strong. Well, uh, but I mean, I just feel like... In terms of like impact, I don't know. For me personally, just three, I didn't feel like was like make like didn't do as much as one. But mm. then like 
the reboot i really liked it personally but it just did not hit with anybody it's it's just this kind of all over the place franchise now you know it's I think it's, it's something that since it came spun off on like a, an idea thrown out of one of their bread and butter games, it's just sort of like, well, what can't we do with this? And mm-hmm. kind of experiment, possibly to its detriment, a little too much with DMC. Because as much as I love DMC, the remake, I'm like, well, wait, why did you do this? Mm. Like, <laughs> The bigger right. question what? is, why did they do in Devil May Cry 4 where you get like, first you go through the the first half of the game as this one guy right. and then you go backwards through the same levels you just played through as the other guy mm-hmm. yeah the other series i feel like this shares some dna with that i didn't know it at first was it actually was i thought drawing inspiration from ninja guide in like the mm-hmm. one that was on yeah. xbox and stuff a I little bit like they, later, there's though. uh i mean i actually can't even remember which one came first i mean but i, I, I like know this... devil may cry came first because this was okay. october and Ninja Gaiden was on Xbox, which wouldn't even come out until the next month. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, eventually I started to think of those two games very similarly because you started to be in the Devil May Cry 2 or 3 thing. But this one always had the better thing with the guns, right? It was Man, just like, yeah, you, you can do swordplay, but you want to shoot remember shit. when the Ninja Gaiden franchise was more recognizable than Devil May Cry? Well, there's a, there's a, there's a drop ball right there. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of those Tecmo series, think of like Dead or Alive. Like, mm-hmm. who talks yeah, about yeah. Dead or Alive know, still, man. you know? Uh, oh, very few people. Uh, but yeah, you also suggested we we do the comparison thing, Matt. So this game is as old now as this game was in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you're very close. No, no, we, we did Pac-Man. this first. We did this on another podcast, and it is it is important. I have podcasted for 15 years, and for 15 years, I have been shouted that I'm old mm-hmm. by people I respect and like, and thank you for listening, and especially your patronage. But this whole show should make you feel the exact same way. You are not <laughs> immune to aging. You did. Congratulations, <laughs> you are too. Yeah. You are too. But it's also fun to reflect on like how much further gaming came in those first 20 years than it has in the past 20 years. That's yeah. a great point. I, yeah. yeah. I'd say it, it's it's almost equal. It's just that like, you know, there were fewer games in the first 20 years of my life and they required less of your time. And now there's a ton of games and they all require way more of my time and I'm not going to mention the movement in gaming. I think part of that reflex of people, like, because they just thought all games belonged to them. Because you could, you used to be able to play pretty much everything. That's mm-hmm. fucking impossible now. You got to pick who you are. Yeah. You have to, you have to subgenre yourself. <laughs> I've been you subgenred. Oh, no. Yeah, it was, I, but in my first twenty years of my life, I pl- I like games. I play all games, mm, and yeah. I would ask these guys about me trying to like get my. <laughs> Xbox controller to be recognized by a C, like, goodbye PC gaming. I'm just not doing this. Mm. I would imagine TV was the same way. At one point, you could, like, literally watch all the big primetime series, and Mm. then it was like, well, I I only watch Cartoon Network. That's that's all I I know nothing but Evil Dead fans. My girlfriend has an Evil Dead tattoo, and then you tell them, like, you know, Stars has a Evil Dead show that went three seasons. Like, I haven't seen it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, not the movies. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. no time. Who's got the time anymore? Yeah. There are shows that I have loved seasons of that I just am like, yeah, hey, I don't need to go back to the. Two. My mom watches Star Trek: The Next Generation to this day, and I'm like, there is a season of called Picard where everybody comes back and the stories advance. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I made my choices. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like I like where the show left off. Well, if we've stopped talking about Devil May Cry, it's probably oh, time to move on to. 
Number four. Kept you waiting, huh? I'm at the sneak point. Everything going okay? Stealth camo's busted. Landing impact. We must have overused it. Sorry, but you're gonna have to deal with it. You're not in the military anymore. Right. I didn't plan on relying on this gadget anyway. The private sector's not so bad, is it? Privacy guaranteed? I'm happy as long as no one gives me any more unwanted gifts. You mean that thing with Naomi? And I can't say I miss the chattering nanny. Mailing's not so bad. Otacon's voice just kills me, dude. I just cannot handle Otacon's voice. No. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, The Deuce. Yeah. True, okay. Sons of this Liberty. Is the, this is a, and this is an example. Like, I have, I have started three so many times, but two was the last one I played numerous times because mm-hmm. yeah. you always played every Metal Gear numerous times. Well, and you probably especially played that demo numerous times, which hell yeah, I did. Was, Xenoblades for life. Yeah, Zone of the Enders. That was <laughs> the only the, reason. Yeah. Zone of the Enders. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe, yep. baby. That's <laughs> yeah, but, but actually, uh, that game got re-released on PS4. Thanks for the reminder. I need to get that's that. That's true. It did, and those those cutscenes have not aged well. I'll say there that. was a there was a VR version that nobody I know played. Yeah, so I think that was like just two. I played a little bit of it, but it's just like meh. I can imagine that game making me absolutely sick if I played it in <laughs> VR. Like, yeah. if I remember it correctly, how fast I was moving, dodging, and slicing shit. Mm. I would not want to play it in VR. <laughs> and that's not Metal Gear Solid 2, so I'm going to take a step back. Yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 was... Like, it, it took a game that was already pretty revolutionary on PlayStation mm. and... Be like, okay, let's see what PS2 hardware can do. Uh, you're going to be able to go into first-person aiming mode and, like, shake down guards at gunpoint. And yeah. they're going to give you either dog tags. And then it pulled, like, one of the biggest bait-and-switches of gaming history on us. Any field experience? No, not really. So this is your first. I've had extensive training, the kind that's indistinguishable from the real thing. Like what? Sneaking mission 60, weapons 80, advanced VR, huh? But realistic in every way. A virtual grunt of the digital age, that's just great. I wonder how much that voice had to do with people really hating Raiden when this came out. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was the bait and switch mixed with, like, yeah, just everything about Raiden. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, I'm so petulant, and I anchor one of the hardest to understand plots in video game history. Right. Yeah, the I ending mean, was just like, what the fuck is even going on? We, we, I, but we you, know, you were you're saying, you know, they couldn't wait to see the power of PS2. Oh, no, it changed the main character. Go back. Go back. <laughs> this is too much power. It's so weird. I th- I feel like after uh, Revengeance, we live in a world where Ra- Raiden Raiden is Raiden. sort of redeemed and like yeah. no longer a punchline. Uh, for our generation, it was a huge punchline. We made fun of him constantly. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, you had to literally chop the guy up and make him into a cyborg for people to go like, oh okay, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no. He's cool he's now that he's Robocop. been irreversibly yeah. mutilated. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking Robocop now. Okay, now yeah, he's fine. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Just his, his spine and his face. That's enough. That's all we need. Uh, You have to go through to get some appreciation these days. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. (laughs) If you could get past that initial weirdness, like this was a really fantastic game that started to telegraph, like from relatively close to the beginning, just how batshit convoluted Metal Gear was about to get. Russia will rise again. And Ray is the key. I regret to inform you. That I have no intention of selling Metal Gear. As I said, I came to take it back. 
Yes, returned to the Patriots. The Lale Lule Lo. Yes, those guys. <laughs> I'll never hear the word Patriots the same after this no. week. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's <laughs> funny? True you Patriot, about, my opinion. Recover, recover. You, <laughs> you've stampeded over a senator trying to do their job. You, know, Michael, you talk about the convoluted plot, and it's weird because I, I had not played all the way through Metal Gear 3 up until last year. I was like, mm-hmm. fucking, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get through it this time. And, like, that plot is actually pretty simplified and easy to understand compared with the rest of the Metal Gear Solid series. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was sort of a reaction to 2, and he's like, the- okay, we need to pull back a bit. I was turned off the series with this game. Really? Despite mm-hmm. liking this game and thinking it's very well done, it it. it- it, it introduced the 30 40 minute cutscene like oh, holy yes. when do i get to play again yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was incredible in 2001 yeah. like this is too much like yeah. i've Look never at this seen what beautifully what rendered this? 3d cutscene that's all in engine it's mm-hmm. yeah and it wasn't that beautiful and it, it was i mean i, I don't know I, it, was, I think it it holds up a lot better than uh, a lot of other games from that same era like probably, surprisingly cause, well cause, I have started Snake Eater numerous times. I should say, I, I do like the, having it in my notes. This is the only time you got more than one metal mainline Metal Gear on a console this is with PS2. Mm-hmm, so yeah. it was it could be the best generation for this series. I think one reason it might hold up, though, is like when you go back and look at those environments, it's like the oil rig is, is such a plain kind of environment. It's like, yeah all you really have to do is make the characters look pretty because the oil rig is just is what it is. Like This game has shades of Beige. That's all I really remember with that oil rig. I'm it like, was okay. orange. Yeah, there was orange there was some shit. like was muted like... orange and aqua blue, like sort of a sea foam green. Uh, but Do you I... guys remember at E3 a few years ago? This is probably more than a few now. Where Konami's booth was just like that. It was it was like the I think was it Outer Heaven. Is that the name of when when Big Shell this place? Yeah, the or... Big Shell. Yeah, the Big Shell. Like they built a Big Shell booth, and it was just like. It was gloriously <laughs> ugly. It was so bad. Well, th- this also had like a bunch of cool little touches that hadn't really been done. Like, for example, when you're outside and you go inside a place, like for a, a couple seconds, like your vision dims. Like it right. takes you a second to get used to the lower light. And, and then like it kind of fades in. It's like that seemed so cool to me in 2001. Yeah. I'd never seen anyone do this. Yeah, what this game has, uh, there's a lot of like... I'll call them like toys like that. Like, like we were before we started recording, we were talking about the difference between like mechanics and systems. Like this Mm -hmm. game has some, some interesting systems of like, Hey, if these ice cubes will melt, if you knock them out of the Mm -hmm. freezer, or if you shot, I remember if you shot a bag of flour, like in the storage, like it would, there would be like the dust would go everywhere and you could like obscure yourself. Or this is the one where like, isn't it if you're in a locker and you look down you see the nudie poster like it's implied yes. snake's getting some business done uh, yeah. he's like, huh, huh. like snake what yeah, are you supposed to be on mission there's like just a lot of weird like easter egg slash toy like systems to to play around with in this game it's it and none not all of them are in the service of moving the plot forward it's just kind of like well we can do this because this system's powerful let's dick around a bit and see what we can get out of it you know it began with Again, fairly straightforward. Snake sneaks onto a tanker because uh, Metal Gear Ray is being like somebody's going to steal it and he wants to stop them. Then Snake disappears. We get Raiden. Snake resurfaces as this guy. My name is. My name is Pliskin. Iroquois Pliskin. Lieutenant Junior Grade. 
sure. But then, like, toward the end of the game, you are getting conversations like this. You lack the qualifications to exercise free will. That's not true. I have the right. Does something like a self exist inside of you? That which you call self serves as nothing more than a mask to cover your own being. In this era of ready-made truths, self is just something used to preserve those positive emotions that you occasionally feel. Another possibility is that self is a concept you conveniently borrowed onto the logic that would endow you with some sense of strength. That's crap! Is it? And now you only have to log on to Twitter to hear depressive talk like that. <laughs> he really does suck, though, doesn't he? <laughs> There is something every time I, I I try and replay a Metal Gear, I'm like, this is like smoking weed with 22 year olds. There's something about it, like, I, 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 yeah, I know. All right, like, but where's the mortgage coming from? I don't want to talk about the stuff. But it's anymore. it's also like Kojima is a bit of a futurist. I think we saw that yeah. the most in like Death Stranding. But like bit. he actually does think of this stuff. Like he this game postulates on what how the internet would affect society eventually, and it's like. Yeah, he kind of nailed some of the things in in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and this is the last, just the last one I played multiple times. I have, I have very positive, I have frustrations, but very, very positive memories of this game. Is it obtainable? Is it does it oh, come yes. in a collection? Uh, the HD collection is on okay. um, Xbone. I think also PS4, but it comes with. It's basically kind of high res versions of two and three. It's that's how I was playing mm-hmm. three. I remember it skipped one. I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah, you can get it. Uh, it was recently on sale in the holiday sale for ten dollars. Like you, you can get both both games together. Might as well. I thought I would. I thought I'd be able to get to. Th- <laughs> Here's how long ago it's been since I've tried. I thought I'd be able to get to three finally on my Vita in bed. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a minute. Doing like remote play from from. Well, just just I thought like uh, sometimes when you're replaying an old. 3D game like every one that we're talking about, it feels a little better to do on a Switch or a Vita instead of filling your new television with jank from like 20 years ago. <laughs> right. Um, it, 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 there's something about playing it portably that felt better for me um, and, and didn't feel like I was wasting my time by not playing new stuff. Hmm. And But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to go back to 2, though, because, I, yeah, I feel like a kid when I played mm-hmm. this game. And if you wanted to play stuff portably in 2001, you had to get a Game Boy Advance, which also came out that year and is also yeah. 20 years old. Yeah. Wow. But we don't have... We're not going to talk about that. We are, however, going to talk about this game, which turns 40, and, again, is as old... Or Metal Gear Solid 2 is as old today as this game was in 2001. Wait, wait. No, Space... Uh, Gal- Galaga. Yeah, Galaga. 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 The sequel to Galaxian that no one remembers mm-hmm. because this was the better game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Galaga's great. Everyone talks about Galaga. What's the Galagas that would come down and pick up, steal your spaceship, and then you'd have mm-hmm. to get it back? And then you'd have two spaceships, which was pretty and cool. And then it would go on to be a famous uh, style of print on shirts worn by people like Tony Soprano. I don't know what that design is called, <laughs> but when you see old fat Italian dudes with shirts that, oh, it's Galaga ships all over them. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know that? It's really cool. <laughs> Neat. Or is that just the Chris Antista's upbringing? My bad. You My, yeah, I don't that. know. I got this shared a fucking uh, Hot Topic truck, you know? We pulled over to the side of the road there. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened. I just, uh, maybe the Think Geek truck crashed and, uh, and some of this stuff never got anywhere. I sleep in a Tauntaun bed now. Fuck you. <laughs> Do something. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think this <laughs> next good. game uh, competes. It's probably like neck and neck with Metal Gear Solid 2 in terms of having been written about extensively in think pieces through the aughts and the tens. Number three. <laughs> you were always so forgetful. Remember that time in the hotel? Maria? You said you took everything, but you forgot that videotape we made. I wonder if it's still there. How do you know about that? Aren't you Maria? That that voice acting on James Sunderland. (laughs) How do you know about that? Uh, This is Silent Hill 2, of course. Mm. Of course! Right, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. just just the song I think of when I think of Silent Hill 2. Mm -hmm. It's just this light, poppy number. That song's great. What is that? Laura's theme? Whose theme is that? Um, I don't know. It's just the the theme that opens the game. It's like right at the very beginning, the the intro. Um, But yeah, Silent Hill 2, the deeply weird story about the guy who goes back to Silent Hill because... He gets a letter from his dead wife telling him to meet her at their special place. In my restless dreams, I see that town. Silent Hill. You promised you'd take me there again someday. But you never did. Well, I'm alone there now special place waiting for you and Man, what a jerk yeah it sounds like a lead into like a 50s pop song like she's gonna break out like do you love me do you love me i don't love you <laughs> I don't know this bathroom's I creepy <laughs> pyramid yeah uh it's silent hill 2 is like it's kind of unique among horror games of the era in that it didn't have a lot of jump scares. What it mostly did was sort of build this sensation of dread that you were constantly waiting for something to jump out at you and stuff almost never did. And the fact that it didn't just kind of raised the tension a whole bunch. And yeah, it introduced things like Pyramid Head, the Crimson Pyramid that would uh, chase you around with the big old knife. Uh, It had a cool mechanic brought over from the first game where one of the first items that you find is a broken radio that then alerts you every time a monster's nearby. Yeah, all the environments have very low visibility. If you're outside, you're surrounded by fog. If you're inside, you're surrounded by darkness and only lit by like this this little flashlight that you've got tucked into your your chest pocket, your breast pocket. But you get into the story, and like what made it so dissection worthy is this idea that like Silent Hill is, I guess, spoilers, is not just a haunted town. It's a landscape created by James's own mind and his own guilt about uh, his wife, who went through a long period of illness before dying. 
And so everything you meet in the game represents some part of his psyche while he was going through this, whether it's pent-up sexual frustration that then led to misogyny, his self-torture, the the Crimson Pyramid shows up to to kill him repeatedly, and it's sort Mm. of an extension of him. But yeah, am am I the only one who had a bunch of experience with this game? What are you guys? No, it's it's the oddest experience I have ever had in that I never played this because I was also... Yes. discovering weed so before oh. they were watching <laughs> other playthroughs I, I was i was watching my friend uh melendez who you've heard on the show now um i just watched him play this for at dozens of hours and it was ter- i remember being terrified i remember there being like five minutes like maybe you should go that way and i don't go that way and then like it just the sound of a cardboard box tumbling in adjacent room would send us as 20-year-olds running upstairs mm. like <laughs> fuck that was so scary it was so awful but it was it was so compelling to watch and it's the beginning of um me watching other people play games mm. before we had a twitch you know how hard leave the room scary is to do these days yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's very> hard. <laughs> that's hard <laughs> give him credit man yeah. holy shit yeah yeah it, and, and yeah just like michael said because it's not like it's not jump scares it's mm. just tension and weirdness and ambiguity and yeah yeah it has it, that kind of horror sometimes where it just uh what's uh hereditary is one of those movies to me where you just feel gross after seeing it you're like mm-hmm. oh god like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get rid of those thoughts anytime nope. soon like that's <laughs> yeah. still every once in a while me. if i leave my door open when i go to sleep like i just know there's gonna be an old naked gray-haired guy smiling at me um in the doorway if i leave this door open mm-hmm. well it is florida so what's yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think what also let me see your passport, son. <laughs> I don't know why he's fucking. You look a bit, one, but... look a bit <laughs> swarthy to be living here. <laughs> uh, Michael, how would you say like this game? Because we, you know, all these games on our list are kind of the, they're influential and they affected mm-hmm. other or they influenced other games. Like, how did this game differ from the first game, and why do you think two is like so much more influential on future? Survival Four games. Well, I think I think it's a lot to do with the writing. That the mm. way that it's structured, uh, it was dependent so much more on the character than on like the the first game was about like you wander into a town that's been corrupted by a cult and it's full of demons. Uh, but you are you're like an interloper. You're there to to save someone who called out to you. Whereas mm-hmm. in this, like the town is a projection of your psyche. And that's extremely clear, like, you you meet other people who are also there, and they are clearly seeing something very different from you, from you are. Mm-hmm. There's, like, this girl who, she's, like, a pyromaniac, and so she sees fire everywhere she goes. You briefly see through her eyes. But I think that idea that, like, games don't have to be reliant on monsters and action to get scares across, like, the, the idea that there are ways to kind of bring that out in more you know more subtly i I think that was influential on video game writing and i'm I'm not sure that there's anything that's come quite as far as this in terms of of being like you know this evocative thing that puts you inside of a character's head and terrifies you and both makes you sympathize with and loathe that character Mm-hmm. Um, this, this better be all leading up to you playing the dog ending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing a, a something that references the dog ending. That guy, he, he had it coming. I didn't do anything. He just came after me. 
Besides, he was making fun of me with his eyes, like that other one. Just for that, you killed him? What do you mean, just for that? Eddie, you can't just kill someone because of the way they looked at you. Oh yeah? Why not? Till now, I always let people walk all over me. Oh. Just like that stupid dog. <laughs> he had it coming too. <laughs> Which stupid dog? Oh, are you? Oh, there's a closer. <laughs> So it was all your work. See, I'm old, so I can't hear any of that high-pitched uh, yeah. whining from the dog. You know, I'm just oh. assuming that's there. I was sure. expecting that we must close out the segment with a song. It's one of my favorite things in video game history. This one? Uh, yeah, that one! Yeah. Uh, okay, it can be the break song. Oh God, I was, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to hear that later. Yar, fair, fair. Uh, um, but this game is as old as oh, no. this other game, which I, I, I might be the only one here who's actually played it. I don't know. All right, the, the key there is in the badly synthesized 1981 uh, German voices. Oh, God, this is the OG Wolfenstein, Yeah, right? Castle is... Wolfenstein by Silas Whoa. Warner for the Apple II, uh, which was... Actually, that probably would have been a better companion piece for Metal Gear, because that was kind of the one of the first, if not the first, like, espionage games. This idea that, like, you're sneaking around and putting on disguises and shooting uh, human targets... But, hey, I got, I got news for you. you. You can edit this show however you want, buddy. You can that, throw that right after Metal Gear if you want. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on to... Number two. We're only at two. All right, here we go. I'm going to assume this is Halo. Yes, it's Halo. Um, oh, Halo. Let me, let me introduce it better. The key there is in the badly synthesized 2001 Alien voices. Uh, oh. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, bringing it back. Uh, what yes. are you talking about? Is it not Keith David yet? Uh, he doesn't come around <laughs> till two, right? He's, he's, I think he so. plays the him Arbiter. the second half of two. The Arbiter. And, uh, oh, but yeah. I only thought of Keith David because when you played the theme from Silent Hill 2, that sounds like the music he's listening to in community, the Natalie is freezing band sounds exactly <laughs> like Silent Hill two theme. Sorry. That's a joke for like three people. <laughs> in a movie. You three. three people in a movie. <laughs> yep. Three. Okay, good. Natalie <laughs> <laughs> is freezing. Uh, yeah. Uh, Halo. This was, I think the, the game that even, even though I, th- I feel like golden eye was the game that mm. proved, it was like proof of concept for like, yes, yeah, shooters can be done well on consoles. Mm-hmm. Like this was the eye opener for a lot of people. Not just yeah. shooters can be done, but consoles can lead with with excellent shooters. And yeah. Halo in in two thousand one is like it was doing things that other games had. Like I, I think like maybe we we'd had like Star Siege tribes, like these these shooters mm-hmm. in like big open sci fi arenas, whatever. But this was like when you land on the halo for the first time and you go out and you're in this wilderness and there's greenery and waterfalls all over the place 
and there's fucking ships coming in overhead that you can shoot at. Like, it, it, yes. <laughs> oh. I was going with you. I didn't want you to stop. I just that, wanted that to, like, big paint the scene. tone, yeah. And, 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 I still do it in every bathroom I'm in. But it complemented that so perfectly. And, mm. and yeah, like, it's, it's easy to think about, like, oh, yeah, Halo is just... You're shooting aliens in space. Like, no, you're shooting aliens in a painstakingly detailed, beautiful wilderness. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was colorful sci-fi, which yeah. at the time was not terribly common. It was yeah. all dark and brooding, and there mm-hmm. was something very lively about Halo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have vivid memories of this, and yeah. for for reasons, I think I just got a PC because I was uh, sucked into Counter Strike mm-hmm. and later Battlefield. However, like we were. 21 like this is when i turned 21 we ha- were having land parties and land parties were what they were i'm sure they're way more exciting now with a lot more diversity and people getting laid but that was not what was happening with us <laughs> but when halo came around it was like oh we're gonna do a halo thing you don't need to bring anything just maybe a tv and then play it we fucking filled this apartment with yeah. people and yeah. and at the time, we're all gaming, and there are tons of women around. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I fell in love with a girl briefly, and then I saw her on the that movie Upstream Color recently, and like, oh shit, I made a real ass out of myself in front of that girl because. Uh, <laughs> but she showed up to a Halo party, yeah. <laughs> a Halo wow. party in two thousand one. What I'm kind not, of party was it? Everybody should play games, but like that was very much a dude thing and mm-hmm. walled off to women at that point. And Halo opened it way up. Like mm-hmm. that, it became this really fun atmosphere to be in, even if mm-hmm. you weren't playing games. Yeah. Even if your and hands didn't so fit the Duke like controller. I'm so glad you guys brought up Goldeneye and then yeah. also using yes. that as a reference to Halo because I felt those same, like those community vibes when you are playing Goldeneye with your best friends yeah. on N64. And yeah. then I get to relive that. Plus, it was just, it was 10 times better on Halo where I'm bringing my Xbox and we're hooking up all the TVs and seeing those old ass YouTube videos where there's kitchen, living room, upstairs, downstairs, whole <laughs> land parties in one house, Halo everywhere. Everyone stinks. Pizza, empty, <laughs> like it just fucking. Right. You know what I mean? Like yes. everyone was just in the game. Like man, it's it's the whole house is covered from... in surge in Doritos yeah. 3D. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a nerdier version of that scene from Swingers, where you're just talking shit to your buddy. You're sitting next to him on the couch doing like yeah. you know, the I'm land. make him bloody, man. I'm gonna make him bloody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I just the idea of like like four people sitting together in a pre-COVID world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At a 16 inch CRT monitor that is split in four. <laughs> yeah. We're all yeah. looking at what basically wrestling commentary comes through right. um, <laughs> to play our, our shooter. Um, <laughs> it's it's a feat yeah. of design. Like if you think of like they have to design UI that you can all see in such a mm-hmm. small space and know mm-hmm. like how many bullets you have left or how much health you have or your shield, I should say. So. Mm-hmm. Like like Dude. 20 people, like strangers coming in. Hey, I heard you guys got 16 player Halo going. Like, yeah, yeah. we do. Um, my, do you remember, does anybody remember their Xbox's name? My dad just handed me back my Xbox. And oh, I, they, they had those auto-generated weird names. They like, did. Uh, yeah. And if you could, you could never really see them, but you could change them, I believe, by beating Dead or Alive 3. But yeah. then I, you have to beat Dead or Alive 3, and there's <laughs> a, a trick to change your, but mine was Noodle. And, um, right. I'm Italian. I'm like, that's perfect. I'm stay noodle. I beat Dead or Alive three for nothing, but like we had different stations for everyone's Xboxes. And 
we were not wealthy people, and it, it but we it, it was way easier to do than a land party. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I feel I like don't when know. we talk about Halo, you're really talking about the Xbox because the, Halo was kind of this proof of concept for a. Like I remember first playing Halo and like going up close to a rock and looking at the texture and and really yeah. understanding like oh this is more powerful than a PS2. Like they they're not lying. The Xbox yeah. is technically the superior system when it comes to power. Then well, it also but came then, with like, a hard drive from day one. Right. Which was yeah. pretty huge. But, but even then, like... Um, Built an Ethernet port. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Ethernet port, the ability to land. It, it it really had these PC roots. And so it was like, for what was probably cost prohibitive for a lot of people back then, like PC gaming, it was like, well, no, you can you can have console budgets and right. still get some of this cool shit that PC gamers have, have had yeah. for quite a while. You know, like mm-hmm. that's... And, and to give Microsoft credit, like a lot of that stuff stuck around in console gaming and is here to this day. Like, you know... If not for the Xbox, we wouldn't have online console gaming, right? Um, uh, And so, like, yeah, this game was was huge, huge in establishing the Xbox, but also just establishing, like, yeah, you can do a first-person shooter PC on on a console, you know? And, and, And here's the showcase for our new system like microsoft would not have sold that many xboxes if halo did not exist which is weird considering its roots as this mac uh rts game right (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. that only michael played that i know your marathon man (laughs) oh man i remember marathon marathon but i'm not even talking about marathon i'm talking about like the roots of halo as an rts that was developed for mac systems that just never came to fruition yeah seemed seemed more like uh was bungie's other thing myth that RTS that they did, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I I'm not even getting into the gameplay of the game. It mm. just like, but to me, it, it changed the social atmosphere of games. It became yeah. something I was a lot less mm. ashamed to share with people of any any stripe. And like, mm. it, yep. it, it, my whole life became more fun when yeah. the Xbox came out. It, and I it, didn't o- it opened video bro. gaming up to so many bros, bro. That's the thing. Yeah. It was so broy, and I'm yeah. like, this is just PC gaming. You guys are like broing out over shit that like you would have beat up a nerd in high school for. Mm. No, it, it seemed less because bro- we had like. You know, every kind of person in these these places, and they we'd have Double Dash going too at some point. I remember, <laughs> and it was just like this huge. We yeah. had been having land, land parties that were very like, everyone go life, everyone arm this, okay. And then, but this was a party party mm-hmm. where everyone played all. Like, ah, uh, if I don't win this game of fucking Blood Gulch, I'm going into Donkey Konga <laughs> and I'm going to drown my sorrows. <laughs> yeah, and, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. There, there were definitely like trips my friends and I made. Like, I remember we went to a cabin in the mountains to have a halo land party. I'm like, why are we, why did we drive all this way to do a halo land party? Yeah. Like we could have had sex in the city for fuck's sake. <laughs> Ooh, a sex in the why city are we party. Do ourselves? tell Chris. Yeah. Do, you, do you think Samantha's More like coming Lawrence back? of my labia. Um, <laughs> that's just the only line I remember from the movie. <laughs> I also remember like one of the most, like even outside of the, the basic shooter action, which was great. And, like I said, you had these wide open spaces, and what's the best way to get around a wide open space? Is it on it foot? Hell no, oh. it's not. Hammer, we need you to disengage your warthog. The Master Chief and I are going to see if we can save some soldiers. Roger, Cortana. Okay, Charlie Team, warthog deployed. Saddle up and give them hell. Just the idea that, like, yeah, now you get a cool Humvee with a turret and dudes to ride shotgun. Which, well, 
that what was weird though is like when you're playing single player campaign, it's like this sucks because if I drive, these fuckers can't hit anybody. This AI guy that's on the turret, mm-hmm. and then, you know, if I'm on the turret, they're not going to go where I need to go. It, it was really though cool when you played multiplayer and you yeah. got you're like in Blood Gulch with a warthog. It's like yeah, now yeah, you're yeah. talking, you know. Yeah. And again, the funniest thing I've ever seen hammered at four in the morning. My two friends decide. They want to see if they can get a warthog from the beginning of Halo to the end and figure out if they both have one and one warthog is ramming the other um, (laughs) uh, through stairwells and loading zones. And it was like they were moving like less than a mile an hour through Halo and there were like eight people like, no, no, hit him from the other side. Like just watching like it's a fucking football game. It was so much fun. And those guys became Twitch famous Twitch streamers on yeah, awesome games done quick. Like that's <laughs> a special run. They all have children and are boring and have barely any of their hair. Yeah. But it's it's mm. <laughs> those were special times, man. Special they were time. great. They, that, that's and that's my my thoughts about Halo because I played through the single player maybe less than once, mm. but I, yeah. I I experienced it every night like a soundtrack to my mm. life mm. Uh, for the rest of the year. Damn. And it was something I didn't fully believe in because, like, I had a PC for first-person shooters, and I remember those those scores hitting. It's just like Microsoft is the only system that launched with a ten game, a mm. ten and a ten game, mm. and it I, we forget about how important that should be when a console launches, mm-hmm. considering certain consoles lost this generation with no games. Yeah. But Microsoft had to launch with a ten out of ten and made the whole world curious. Yeah, yeah. it was priced competitively, and we we it, it changed everything. The dominant genre for the last 20 years has been what halo brought us yeah i mean yeah like i I remember it made shooters on consoles so popular like japan was convinced that it had to play catch up and it was like Mm -hmm. every if we want to sell to the u.s it has to be a shooter like that was the thinking for a long time from japanese developers oh you're wrong and no that it absolutely (laughs) is wrong because nobody wants to see konami or square enix do just a, a Halo knockoff, but Halo was like also hugely influential. Just like there were so many knockoffs, like just in the years that follow, yeah. that I remember playing like uh, Pariah and Advent Rising, and mm-hmm. and just yeah, these things is just like yeah, it's sci-fi and these big, beautiful, colorful landscapes, and like okay, yeah, no, I've I've played this game. I played a better version of this game. I, I shouldn't I shouldn't blow up a spot. We have a we had a mutual friend who just during that. During that time, named his Xbox Live profile is Advent Sucking, based around the disappointment. I hope no. he, she's changed it by now. Don't look him up. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like man, you chose that career. as your gamer tag? That is old yeah. in like two years. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <laughs> well, speaking of wide open spaces, this game is as old today as this game was in 2001. That is the only sound that is played in the 1981 classic Ultima when it first oh came out oh, on Apple yeah. II. A uh, big uh, open world RPG, <laughs> arguably one of the first graphical open world games, trying to adapt the experience of playing Dungeons and Dragons into a computer game where you're questing across a big open landscape and going into first person 3D dungeons that take a little while for each frame to draw as you pass through, fighting monsters, casting spells, getting into spaceships, fun stuff like that. Hugely influential, obviously, but uh, again, think of how far we had come between 81 and 2001. That's that's incredible to think about. Yeah. 
but is it as oh. incredible as? Nostalgia takes me back. For a while there, this is how every TV show thought every video game sounded when they would show a kid playing a game. Uh, This is is GTA 3. GTA 3, I cannot believe this game is 20 years old this year. On October 22nd, it will be 20 years old. 20 years of... Like, this game got, was, got, was so huge compared to the earlier GTAs. People thought this was the first GTA, even though it had three in its name. And it had three. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I remember yeah. very specifically, we had uh, land GTA 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And, and like, mm-hmm. uh, it, we, we loved it. I loved GTA. And, we, and I remember seeing screenshots of this. I'm like, there's no way this can work the way they're telling me this is going to work. GTA mm-hmm. is too big. Yeah. You can't do a 3D behind the back third person version of this and I also remember it was because I am very much not a PC gamer like console gamers had no knowledge of this mm-hmm. it came out on PlayStation the GTA 1 yeah. 2 in and, London and but like it made no splash it was not a household name I remember talking to people I remember going to get it at Toys R Us on launch day without pre-ordering it and getting it and the next year for Vice City Gone. For months, that game was like scarce because everybody needed it. It took it took mm-hmm. only GTA Three to make Grand Theft Auto the household name it is today. And mm-hmm. I did have written down in terms of generations, the PS2 generation got three grand, distinct Grand Theft Autos. The PS3, PS4, and PS5 will share a single Grand yeah. Theft Auto. <laughs> I was just looking. I was going to say, have you guys ever gone through the GTA timeline of all of the games in this series? It's wild. It's pretty much like a game every two years yeah. until 2013, and then it is nothing since 2013. Mm-hmm. It's just been five. Wow. Like, all right. It got too detailed and ambitious to the point where it's yeah, like, this it, is probably it's not for lack. My dad was asking about that. It's not for lack of content. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, GTA Online takes up much of that. You know, yeah. Like we were getting Liberty City stories, and we were getting you know Ballad of Gay Tony and things like that. Mm-hmm. You get internet download into the mix, and it's like, oh wait, hold on, guys, hold on, yeah. wait a minute, yeah. we can Turns we can out. change this whole thing now. Live games you also can make have to a pay lot sixty dollars every two years. Yeah. We yeah, would yeah. like you to pay sixty dollars every month. No, no, shark uh, cards, Chris. Shark mm-hmm. cards. Yeah, it's not money, money. Mine was a more authentic joke, Maddie. Yeah, but I'm I'm relating very hard to what you said, Chris, about like. Having been a fan of GTA, like I, I remember thinking, like, man, this would be so good if it was 3D, but you could never do that because, like, there's there's so much to do in this game. There's so much ground to cover. There's no way that you could do this in, in 3D. And then, like, You're never going to be able to be a fireman or no. behave like a cop or like just out of mission. But I remember seeing those very first screens, and it's like, oh, this is real. This is happening. And then playing it was like a, a sort of weird, lucid dream. It was, yeah. it was like this thing where, like, here's this big open world. Go do whatever you want. You want to fuck with random bystanders? Go do mm-hmm. that. And then, you know, it's so fun to fuck with random bystanders that you lose sight of the fact that's most of what there is to do. <laughs> like, yeah. If you yeah, don't if you want a rampage. <laughs> GTA games, if you play through the campaign, it's probably a 15 to 20 hour deal mm-hmm. tops, right? But it's like you're playing those games for like 40 hours or more because of all the side random shit to do. Well, they, they got rid of a ton of stuff they have in GTA 3, like Rampage mode has made 
basically cameos ever since. It's yeah. not a standard yeah. in the. I mean, it wasn't. I don't think it was in four, in five. It was just like as if you're playing as Trevor, you could. Trevor, Trevor had yeah. rampages. Yeah. And but yeah, a lot of the stuff and and the collectibles were super important. I for me for some reason, which they have never been again. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they would unlock cool stuff. Like you could you could unlock a tank without cheating. I, I feel like an <laughs> insane person being like forced out of a government building. Like Grand Theft Auto Three is going to be so great, y'all don't even know. Get your hands off me! Get your hands off me! It's going to be great. And, and like uh, that's where I was in two thousand one. I remember I bought it in a buy two get one free sale. Got NBA Street and Ico. Oh shit! Or something like that with it. And, Damn. Because nobody cared. Nobody was around to care. None of my console gamers friend cared, cared at all. And my uh, PC gamer friends didn't care because it was PS three exclusive. It was it was weird. I mean, I I just remember. You know, this was the time where I was probably going in to hang out in Game Stops a lot. Like, hey, just to kind of see what's new, what's coming, what's on the pre-order list. Everyone in there cared. We were all just like fucking looking forward to this game because we okay. we we knew it would be big. But yeah, uh, like it, like Michael was, it was one of the last few games where I was. I remember being super excited about, but I had the internet, but I'd never seen it in motion. I'd mm. only seen pictures, right? Yeah, and in two thousand one. Well, if you saw it in motion, it was on like a two forty postage stamp size <laughs> yeah. fucking video on yeah. the internet. A Binks or video. Maria, Maria Menounos yeah, showed it to me before a movie. I saw it before <laughs> Shrek, but, or something like that. But also, <laughs> it was one of those things. Player or some shit yeah. like that. Yeah, it was also one of those things where like the character models looked like shit, even by the standards of the time. And we were yeah. just like, yeah, well, of course they do because they have to render this big open world, and yeah. and eventually, like, yes, we 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 got past the point where we had to accept that, like, yes, an open world game will look like shit because it has to do so much more. <laughs> Little known fact: Rob Liefeld de- designs just the hands for all the character yeah. models oh, in early GTA. Big God. chunky. That's all he does. Yeah. The hands. Yeah. Rob did nothing to you. <laughs> you <just laughs> assassinate him out of nowhere. You don't know that. You <laughs> don't know that. He's oh, not, fair enough, he's fair not bad at hands. It's feet that he can't draw. <laughs> like Claude wears, wears uh, nothing but little baby tap shoes yeah. the whole time. <laughs> um, but I also remember like the, the plot seemed revolutionary at the time, and now like revisiting, it's just like, yeah, this is... You watched a bunch of The Sopranos and then tried to write something clever. The cartel has got bottomless funds from pushing that spank crap. If we make an open attack on them, they'll wipe the floor with us. They must be making spank on that big boat that Curly led you to. So we gotta use our heads. Or rather, one head. Your head. I'm asking you to destroy that spank factory as a personal favor to me, Salvatore Leone. If you do this for me, you will be a made man. Anything you want. Spoiler, you won't, and you will also never say a word. Yeah. Because you're Claude. <laughs> That's true. I'm tr- what's I'm what's the, remember who, your character's who, who that, name who in three? Well, technically, Claude. he has a name, right? Claude Speed is his Claude, official name. His no, but it's never said in the to? name. Um, Salvatore Leone. He's, uh, I think, Frank oh, Vincent, right. I want to say, is the actor. Uh, sure. Frank Vincent, yes. Because yeah. it also had Michael Madsen and Dennis Hopper yeah. and... Uh, a bunch of other people who weren't household names, except in my world. It was all a bunch of crime mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And the soundtrack, I love that the soundtrack was only the Scarface soundtrack. <laughs> they had, it was not filled with licensed music. Well, I mean, it was, but it was not music that you would really recognize. Like, there was right. the world music station, there was, there, and, and of course, as long as we're talking about the radio, which was arguably its greatest feature, because like yeah. just being able to ride yeah, around it. town and picking <laughs> your own soundtrack from like hip hop or rock or, or whatever, like not again, not a bunch of notable uh, licensed tunes until Vice City, but it's still like yeah, this is pretty cool, uh, and it also had talk radio 
which means that one of my favorite jokes in any GTA ever is now two decades old. So uh, what's this rally about, Jeff? It's about people standing up and being counted. It's about the future. It's about telling those morons in the suits, no thanks, not in my town. Not while I have a breath in my body and hope in my soul. I will not, I cannot let this pass. Let what pass? It's about grabbing the town by the balls and saying, listen, son, time to put up or shut up. No more Mr. Nice Guy. No more easy solutions to difficult problems. It's about what it means to be an American. It's about giving something back. Giving what back, Jeff? Hope, (laughs) dreams, belief. Belief in what? I mean, look, Jeff, I I admire your passion. Really, I do. But what will people be marching for? What's your rally about? It's about justice, Mr. Lowe. A chance to shine and make a difference. You don't know what it's for, do you? It's for hope. I actually had to cut that down quite a bit before the punchline. I can't believe we got to see that guy play out in real time last week when literally people stormed the Capitol and then didn't know what to do when they got in there. They were just roaming the halls. They were were waiting for the next Why are people hitting me during the revolution? (laughs) Bully, sir. Bully. (laughs) It's about hope, Chris. It's It's about about hope. my hat to you, sir. You're one of the more exasperated guests I've ever seen on the show, Larry. Because, uh. uh, like, I'm hearing what you guys are saying, and I really want to laugh, but I also, like, it's real fresh. You right, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it's no. like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, thinking about it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> luckily, luckily, everyone can pretty much just hide in their house for at least the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, or the next yeah, few Larry, years, I subscribe possibly. to that the theory of just rub the salt in the wound, mm-hmm. then take yeah. some lemon juice, and then piss in the lemon juice, and then mm-hmm. pour it on the wound. That'll I control how I get hurt. You piss in the Me. lemon juice? I put <laughs> no. lemon juice in the piss. So, yeah, sorry, I, I didn't mean to bring the mood down. I just like I'm literally <laughs> hearing okay. it and I'm thinking of it. And I'm just like, <laughs> I think that's what GTA was great at. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it seems to be, especially the talk radio stations, which always became my favorite. Because yeah. uh, up until I think the fifth one, it gets real repetitive. It's like mm-hmm. listening to like half a CD on most yeah. radio stations. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and but the talk radio stations are always funny. Mm-hmm. It's and it's a lot more. Yeah. This, I, I, I do just, love the Scarface. It's just right up, push it to the limit. Yeah. Walk across the races. <laughs> I do remember taking uh, a slight offense a lot of the time because, you you know, I knew, like, wow, these are a bunch of Scottish guys making fun of dumb Americans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, they might have had a few dumb Americans on their staff, but I'm like, fuck, they nailed it. They got yeah. us. Like, yeah, there's yeah. so many times, like... Can't even be mad now. <laughs> yeah, we can. Yeah, I think, I think Michael and I discussed that a while back in the day, like, Games had a real hard time being funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it, difficult. It, it almost never worked, and GTA was undeniably funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it from someone who worked on a Leisure Suit Larry game. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. Which one? Which one? Real the quick. Worst one. Uh, the worst one. What- <laughs> The one where he goes, the Hollywood one, the you know, the movie studio. Box goes bust. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It's a great one. It's a GTA game. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Drive around on a golf cart, talk to Dave Attell. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh my God! <laughs> God, David Tell. Like, how is David Tell a celebrity? Like, I loved him. He was just early Comedy Central. Was yeah. David Tell? Yeah, it was great. They gave it me David Tell and Chappelle, and we would get those people confused sometimes because the names are kind of similar. We both got two L's. You learn. I'm yeah. Freddy Krueger. Rar. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a pretty good impression. Yeah, well, it's, it's a good impression of him in the game being Freddy Krueger. <laughs> yeah, GTA yeah. 3 seems like one of those things I would punish myself to stream. Do not mm. knock that glass over. I'll fucking murder you. You guys can see this person. Like, right? yeah, yeah. I remember the cat. The cat yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, giving you fucking attitude. Too. All your glassware. Like, uh, and, and I remember like how weird it felt when this got ported to iOS. It's like, yeah. you can yeah. play GTA 3... The revolutionary game from <laughs> 2001 on a phone. Yeah, that that's, uh, a, that's a bit like when Foon made it so you could play Doom on a on a pregnancy test recently. Mm-hmm. It's a bit about yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I yeah, think San Andreas eventually came to iOS, and this was like, well, we're done. What else do we need? We got this. Yeah, we got Knights yeah, of the Old just Republic. Just because you could doesn't mean that you should. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't control those games yeah. with a damn, but mm-hmm. uh, they're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sort of baffled about how three would play at this point, but it it it, it did change the fucking world. Yes, yeah. it, it changed the world, and it was controversial as hell. And I think five came out with like no mainstream news pieces, other than like everyone's excited for GTA five. We're no longer slandering this as our business. Right. <laughs> we will talk about this as a su- successful product launch, like Harry Potter mm-hmm. and other things that aren't problematic anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, it was kind of weird that like for because of GTA 3 success for a long time open world game it meant Grand Theft Auto clone like yeah, it right. was car crime games and Elder Scrolls pretty much mm-hmm. like it, it wasn't yeah. until like I think years had gone by that people started diversifying it's like oh we can do so much more with this formula it doesn't all have to be stealing cars and running people over so. yeah yeah, I remember getting that job, and Michael was jokingly referred to as a senior editor of Crime. Yeah, I was the Crime editor. <laughs> pretty much everything on PlayStation had become a, G- a GTA clone mm-hmm. somehow. And there's a hilarious thing we should do someday of like unreleased or weirdest GTA clones because it it was all pretty bad. And only Saints Row stands out as something that like yeah. was particularly interesting. Well, what was the one the big one that got canceled? This is Vegas. Yeah, this I remember this is Vegas. Vegas. I loved writing headlines about that when I was writing news. This was This Is Vegas. <laughs> and is wasn't this the big This deal... Is Vegas? Or was this This Is Vegas? Hmm. Wasn't the big deal with that game that they'd officially licensed the casinos? I'm like, so wait, the game's yeah. just a fucking adver game and we're excited about this now? Like, yeah, you paid a bunch of extra money for something most children would not notice. Right. Um, <laughs> Oh, is it the real Sands? I don't care. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Sands. Can I go see the Bugsy Siegel? I haven't been to Vegas in a while. Vegas. You fucking I have been to Vegas in a while. Can I go see the Bugsy Siegel Memorial at the, the <laughs> Tropicana? Can I run a car over it? Great. <laughs> right. Tropicana. You guys, how old are you guys? Like, I've been know, to the Tropicana. It's, it's, it's still there. Well, Last time I played poker, uh, Bravo was still airing it, and Ooh. I did it at the Excalibur. That's how long it's wow. been. So okay, there, there you go. There's a bit hotel but, built within the past yeah. forty years. To, uh, to really you want to call that a new hotel? That's Holy not new. Shit. It's not new. <laughs> that looks like that looks like Disney World excrement. Like it shitted out and said, "Like put this somewhere else." I Nevada, I don't care. Like uh, you want you want to talk about something built in the last forty years? Okay. Grand Theft Auto Three is now as old as this game was. 2001. Yes! Oh, God. This is the video game I have played the most today. Wow. Wow. Really? Uh, 
Yeah, I hooked up my old arcade, my arcade one ups through that Christmas tree right the mm-hmm. heck out of the house. Put my little arcade machines back up. Yeah, it's all donkey. Played a forty year old game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really love it. I really do. <laughs> um, mm, mm. that that is a great list. Yeah, that has been our top five, and obviously we left out some big ones: Final Fantasy X, Tony Hawk Three. Like, it was a big year for games. Yeah, like huge. Yeah. And if you want to find out more, visit your local library and uh, <laughs> ask <laughs> them to the show you the door. And we did a, a similar. Thing, a thing, uh, a mechanic that you just did in this show, where, where we uh, we tried to figure out the oldest license on the NES and what that would be equivalent to to a game coming out today. Mm. So this game's license is forty years old. Gilligan's Island on the yes. NES. I was going to say <laughs> would be. <laughs> uh, was there no Betty Boop game for the NES? Like no, no. Sadly, there, there was there was not. a Felix there, game. That's there was probably a Felix older. game. Yes, yeah. and we mentioned it because mm. it. it the NES licenses get over a hundred years old <laughs> at mm. some point. Oh damn! Uh, it's pretty nuts. The Three Stooges. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> remember Gilligan's yeah. Island? I think that game was made by the same people who went on to make Clock Tower. R- what? Wow. Yeah. What? Oh, that's why the main character kept hitting me in the head with his hat so mm-hmm. much. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's the early sense. AI for Scissor Man. <laughs> it all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the skipper and Scissor Man. Clockwork! Scissor Man, the skipper too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that has been our top five. Hope you had fun. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff, so stay tuned. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-hosts Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars with a Big Giant Question Mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. But the Boba Fett's story being introduced and hyped for two years. That's something the first Star Wars didn't really have. They had a trailer, but no one like was expecting anything from Luke Skywalker. When you announce a character like that, that looks cool as hell, and yeah. then he's in a movie and doesn't do that much. And then he's in another movie and does somehow even worse. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. His, his course... But he looked great doing it. He did. He looked great doing it. In another episode of the story I wanted to get into was... Um, Boba Fett was, for all intents and purposes, set up to be the, the next bad following Darth Vader. And George Lucas just says, man, I don't feel like doing any more movies. And just really cruelly murdered him <laughs> in front of all literally of us. Literally threw him away. Yeah, threw, yeah. literally threw him away. Just a throwaway, yeah. <laughs> My country. Oh, that's Sick of Star Wars, available exclusively at patreon.com slash lasertime, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. 
This is so wizarding. And welcome back to our final segment where we're just going to hit this button because there's a lot of cool stuff that we want to talk about and why belabor the point for another stupid joke. Scott Pilgrim versus the World The Game Complete Edition is out after being unavailable since 2014, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's back. It's remastered for current-gen platforms uh full disclosure i work for ubisoft my opinions are my own and uh these guys got the codes for free you got to clarify what you mean by current gen nowadays yes well uh... current gen means (laughs) xbox one ps4 uh ps5 and xbox series xs are still next gen in terms of marketing parlance Ah, but i see yeah Uh, but it's also on switch uh pc and stadia there's things on stadia and and amazon luna Oh, oh mm. that's good. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, that? Oh, you! You, you're here! <laughs> I love you. Uh, it's been so long, Amazon Luna. I, oh, you've only existed for a few months? I'm sorry. I thought I, thought I met you at the... Uh, Dead to Rights Retribution Party a few years ago. Um, I, I was been, so <laughs> excited for Luna when they announced because I'm like, oh sweet, it's in the you know I'm already in that ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then I tried like a game and it wouldn't recognize my controller. And I said. Goodbye, Amazon Luna. It's... Yeah, yes. Uh, I just to tell you a little <laughs> behind the scenes of my uh, things as service. My thermostat stopped connecting to the internet, and it dropped to forty degrees here. And um, because it has no internet control, I oh, I can't control the heat in my house. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Modern age. I'm not getting into right. any more of these ecosystems. Screw that shit. Yeah, my vacuum, we have a vacuum cleaner that has a Wi-Fi signal indicator on it. And I went, why would I ever need to, why do I need this? Yeah, yeah. But to bring you back to my full disclosure, uh, my favorite game of last year was Hades. And I have done nothing but scam arcade one-ups out of Walmart and mod machines and create my ideal life, which is arcade Mm beat-em-ups. And having Scott Pilgrim back is interesting because that was the first game to like really revitalize that genre in a significant way that wasn't a Korean free to play. I'm not not shitting on dungeon fighter, but like they were still doing, they had like this giant streets of rage world game. I think, uh, castle crashers was, was kind of the one that really brought that to the fore. Definitely. But but then it kind of went dormant and like, it is my favorite genre. And if I, if I wasn't clear about why I love Hades, Hades is, that beautiful roguelike of an arcade beat 'em. It is an arcade beat 'em up mm-hmm. where you get different modifiers. Like uh and and Scott Pilgrim was really interesting to play after the last six, eight months I played mostly arcade beat 'em ups almost every night. And and to get Scott yeah. Pilgrim back was just yeah. sort of astonishing. Well it, it went that, that River City ransom route where it's mm-hmm. not just a, a beat 'em up. You are also building up your character, you're unlocking new moves. You can go yeah. into shops and uh, spend all the coins that you get from beating up uh, hoodlums on the streets. Yeah, uh, there's, an R- there's RPG elements. There's, there's leveling in this mm-hmm. game. You get more powerful. Like it's actually we were we were talking like sometimes this game feels like it's designed so that you should grind a level once or twice before trying to move on to the next level just mm-hmm. to power yourself up a bit. Like it's yeah. it's it's so funny though because I I played this when it came out and it turned me off because it. It's difficult. Like it, it, it has a high difficulty curve at times, and um, that—that's where I was talking about that grinding comes in. But like, 
I went back and I was more I was playing uh, River City Girls because that's on Game Pass, oh, and yeah. I'm like, oh wow, like River these these games owe so much to each other because River City Girls is kind of like doing a lot of the same stuff Scott Pilgrim is, but it's mm-hmm. it's had a chance several you know ten years later to be a little bit more I, refined in some areas. You I, know? I was reminded of the new Battletoads because mm. it, it, like River, it just it's a very arcadey game, but built for consoles. <laughs> and only after playing like a bunch of um, arcade beat 'em ups, a lot of these people are like uh, fist sponges, <laughs> in, like like in Battletoads. Like these fights last longer than they I'm last used a to. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and sometimes a little overly long, where you just like, like your first time through a level before you've properly leveled up or whatever. You're like, man, this is even on easy difficulty. Every fight takes a little little bit of time, but it's much like Battletoads. Like once you've kind of gotten the hang of it once you've had a chance to grind a little bit it's like oh no now it's much i got a, a really good rhythm going i was playing today where i figured out like oh this is actually a game where it's about juggling and it's about juggling the the weapons and environmental items into the enemies and that's how you do like massive yes. damage is if you mm-hmm. can just bounce enemies between the wall and like a stool that you're kicking their yeah. way like You'll just like fuck them the, up. The trash cans are really good for that. You just pick them up and throw it at an enemy. It'll bounce back at you. You punch it back. You keep doing that over and over again. You can yeah. punch, you yeah. Really punch it back. You can ride it back. It, it, it mm. has like things that are more advanced than even modern beat-em-ups. It's just I'm fascinated by Battletoads and Scott Pilgrim because they are console-led arcade games, basically. Mm-hmm. Sure. And and it, it's everything is meant to take longer. So for me, it was, an, it was a little bit of adjustment, but I thoroughly appreciated it being able to do this again it's so yeah, yeah. cute and there's there's so many references layered throughout this game and mm. like even playing it again recently it, i was kind of struck by like all this stuff that i missed before like things that i understand better now because like oh i i just rewatched the movie or i just reread the books and i'm like oh yeah this Winifred Haley is this character that's mentioned in, like in the background and never shows up, uh, and she's like, uh, I think you can buy one of her albums at the record store. It's it's pretty incredible. I I still think it's playing it now and like, why does this need the universal license at all? Almost none of these people or things appear in the movie. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's are, mostly it's mostly bad enough to the comic book, and yeah, it's, it's, like it's you know, you fight comic. Lynette Guycott, who is literally like a background character in the movie. She has no lines and is barely visible, but she has a bionic arm in the comics and uh, is one of the the mini bosses here. Talk about what's what's different about the complete edition. It, it includes the Knives DLC, right? It mm. Knives and Wallace DLC plus a bunch of multiplayer modes. Uh, you you have like a dodgeball and battle royal, and uh, I say royal, not royale, because it is just four players, and it doesn't spell it with the E. Uh, there's also like a boss rush mode and a survival horror mode, which is basically it's like a horde mode where you're just getting swarmed by zombies, and it's you you know you get points based on how long you can survive. And the dodgeball mode I, I played, I was a little disappointed because I I was thinking like, oh, this is like a Cuneo game, so it's going to be like like dodgeball, like like super dodgeball. It's not. It's like they they basically it's just they have the baseball weapon laying around, and you have to hit. It, it just puts you on a like a, a court with several enemies, and you just have to keep throwing the baseball at them until they die. Hmm. Like, and each takes like four or five hits of that. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was a little bummed because I was hoping for like, no, give me this engine, but make it do like super dodgeball. Like that would have been really cool, you know? Yeah, I, I still I had a great time with it, and and I had, it's just one of those weird modern instances I have nothing comparable to. 
I was obsessed with its soundtrack from the moment yes. Brian Lee O'Malley fucking leaked it, which is just such an odd time in games. <laughs> I'm Brian. I wrote the comic, therefore I'll leak the music to this Ubisoft yeah. game. But I've had, I've had, I got the, I picked up the album on a record store day a few years ago, and I've listened to it for years. And I haven't actually been able. It, it was surreal. I haven't had access to the game from which the soundtrack comes, and I, I don't even associate it with gameplay anymore. And it, it's been, a, it's been a real thrill for me. If so, if you're like me and you've enjoyed that Anamanaguchi soundtrack from Scott Pilgrim, the game, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's. It's wonderful to see this contextualized in place. Well, it's also great to have this back because when this came out in 2010, like I was a huge fan of the Scott Pilgrim comic. And along comes this game that is just like, if I were, if somebody asked me what would be your favorite Scott Pilgrim game, it would basically be this. It's like, let's get Paul Robertson, who's one of the hottest sprite artists currently at the time, to do the animations let's get Anamanaguchi, your favorite chiptune band mm. to do the soundtrack let's uh do it as like not only a love letter to everything in the comic but to the things that the comic itself was a love letter to mm-hmm. the 8 and 16 bit eras of gaming and just yeah. layer it with all these cool references and these uh these these little hints back at uh, at at older games like you have the little the little treasure imps from Golden Axe that show up in one level and run I mean, around and you. I, I mean, them the overworld is is the Mario Three overworld. Yes, isn't it? it's, yeah, it's, totally. Yeah. There's there's warp pipes everywhere. Uh, Steven Stills actually jumps into one as is like at level end animation. Um, yeah, there's there's just a ton of really cool stuff here, and I'm I'm just I'm thrilled to have it back, and I'm also thrilled to have been a part of the uh, live stream that Ubisoft hosted where Anamanaguchi is going to play a live concert over gameplay footage that I and my co-workers captured. So uh, mm-hmm. if you watch that, you'll be watching me play. Awesome. And that happened yesterday as you're listening to this, yes, right? Yes, yes. So go go look it up on That's Ubisoft's uh, YouTube channel. I, I think I thought I remembered asking Anamanaguchi about this sound this, they, they've always loved the soundtrack mm-hmm. and like always considered it like it's yeah it's basically like our third album so like <laughs> it's it's odd that it's wrapped up in all this horse shit and it's all over you can get all of the soundtrack again for the first time ever that's i'm just all right i'm just really excited about it what, and, Mike, michael you probably know about this as a corporate show what's the deal with the um that collector's edition like the physical like it comes with all this shit right it's so the, the physical edition there, it's available in three different flavors. There's a standard edition. There's the classic edition. Comes with the uh, the retro clamshell case and a CD copy of the soundtrack, and I think a cloth map and a couple other things. And then there's the KO edition, which comes with not only uh, all that stuff but also a cassette copy of the soundtrack in addition to the CD. Uh, it comes with uh, Sex Bobom guitar picks. Uh, drumsticks with like sprite animations along them uh, comes with a book by Jeremy Parrish with interviews and stuff with the developers and uh, it, it all comes in like that this big like hard shell carrying case that unfolds to become like a stage diorama awesome so and this is from limited run games yes limited correct? run who also have cool. a bunch of other Scott Pilgrim merchandise for pre-order awesome. It's such a weird series because it's like this nostalgia that I actually don't. I was it, it's much like a Pokemon or something. Like I was a little too old. I didn't read the Scott Pilgrim books, and so I was really only there for the zeitgeist of the movie and game. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, yeah, I get all these references, 
but I felt like I was always a little too old for it. And what you were saying, Michael, is like, well, no, had you read the books when those come out, you yeah. probably would feel a lot differently. I can't about remember if it series. started in 2004 or 2006. I was like pretty avidly reading other comics at the time. And I think I saw it advertised a whole bunch. And I was like, all right, I'll take a look at this. I think I heard somewhere. It's like, no, it's like for, for video game nerds. It's like, what? Nothing's for video game nerds. It's the mid 2000s. Yeah. No <laughs> but it, but it's almost this also weird like lens of nostalgia because it's like this Canadian thing. Mm-hmm. Much like like I hugely got into High Score Girl that series on Netflix, which is like Japanese '90s video game nostalgia, and it's yeah. like everything happening here was two or three years before it hit the U.S. Oh, it's yes. so That's, strange. I was trying to sell, tell that to someone while playing Scott Pilgrim today. I'm like, the way that guy is dressed is frozen and crystallized in the Toronto cold. From right. from the way we all stopped dressing five years beforehand, <laughs> right. it's great. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Uh, like I remember Brian Lee O'Malley, the creator, in a uh, an interview said that like you know it's possible by doing something hyper specific sometimes to make something universal, and that's what he was able to do with Scott Pilgrim because he's just like I'm just going to write what I know, which is like the Toronto music scene. Yeah, somehow because of that, it's like, even though it's like, it's too Canadian, it's too specific. Like, no, people just connected with, with all the other yeah. parts. And that's just part of the background. It's so, it's it. so wonderfully Canadian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very but it's not so. even the only beat em up on our list. This no, week. no. Uh, Double Dragon Neon hit Switch. Not, not quite as uh, long in coming back. That was a 2012 game, whereas Scott Pilgrim was 2010. But uh, also an excellent uh, belt scrolling brawler that. Uh, is also very steeped in nostalgia for its own brand, and uh, yeah. but it's hugely fun, and you should all check it out by yeah, way we, forward. We, we did a stream of like every every Double Dragon revamp from the Xbox 360 on that's not this, and mm-hmm. it's all terrible. And <laughs> so, Way Forward seemed to understand why the games were special, and Jay Kaufman's music is so good. Like. Uh, I have very minor complaints about Double Dragon Neon, just like Scott Pilgrim, but it's yeah. wonderful. It's my, it's one of my favorite genres. I mean, and I cannot believe it's so overcrowded this week. You, you could see it as the the prequel to River City Girls, since yeah. a bunch of those same mm. characters show yeah. up. It's re- it's really really good. Yeah, Larry, are you into belt scrollers at all? Like these beat 'em up style games? Yeah, but I, I haven't really put any coins into the machine in a long time. <laughs> I would say. Castle Crashers, like we were talking about over the break, was probably the last four-way into beat-em-up that I've mm-hmm. messed with. I haven't played Hades at all. Um, I could talk Street. about Double Dragon 1, 2, 3, uh, yeah. Streets of Rage, you know, stuff like that, Final Fight. and then I, I, I was pissed looking at Streets of Rage 4. Like, that might yeah. have been one of my games of the year yeah. during all this. It is fun to compare, compare like, Scott Pilgrim with Streets of Rage 4, with Battletoads, mm-hmm. they're all these like slightly different riffs on the same genre, and it's like it's really cool that they're, they're able to own different things, you know? Yeah, yeah, they're all special for different reasons. Like, you should play them all. Yeah, I was letting you guys run with this one. <laughs> no, <laughs> no worries, no worries. It's my favorite. It's, my, it's one of my favorite genres, it really is. The zone out and just enjoy graphics and mm-hmm. music and yeah. punching. Well, here's, here's a game you can't zone out in is Street Cleaner. Yeah. This was sent to us by a fan. Yeah, a friend from like a, a fan sent us some codes for this game, and we've been playing it. It's um, I, I don't know. I would almost call it like a a, a Ninja Gaiden console Ninja Gaiden like like a, a or it feels a lot like NES Batman to me. That was that was the fascinating thing that like I was already looking at this game and going to play it. And Michael's like, yeah, it's a lot like NES Batman. Like 
There's nothing like NES Batman. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's really fun. I've I played through a few of the levels. I love the music. The music is really good. It has like uh, it's it's there's a lot of uh, nostalgia games that are really bad on Steam, but like this one is actually it's like oh no they nailed it like they nailed the feel they nailed the music like they did a great I mean, job. They've been working yeah. on this for so long. Yeah. It is it like I, I hate it when you look at a game like ah oh, it's a D make and like no this had a lot of thought. Yeah. into it, it and you can it feels it, it, really it good. does it does stuff that the genre has never done before because that character the street cleaner can do mm-hmm. so many different things he can dive kick he can he has a melee weapon you use primarily with very yeah. limited think, gun and that's ammunition. like a bat or a stick or what is it he yeah. just like has it slung over his shoulder at all times and hits people with it it's called street Clean. i don't think it's a mop handle and he's michael richards from ah, UHF. thank you that's what i was <laughs> thinking of. my mop, my mop! Uh, <laughs> time for the fire hose. Uh, and then he hops on his bike at the end of the level and rides off into the '80s neon sunset. Uh, well, it's always how I, it's how I've invented, envision closing every argument I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe I'm rubber, you are glue. By the way, thank you, Jesse Bishop. I just realized every single new release is a nostalgia game, because even this last one is nostalgia. Yeah, six games in a movie is a fan game that just came out on Steam this week. I haven't played it, but it seems to recreate uh, Greendale Community College in painstaking detail so that you can run around and have paintball matches. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it calls itself a Splatoon clone yeah. for some weird reason, but <laughs> it's an unlicensed community game. Mm-hmm. Make it yeah. licensed. Make it real. <laughs> Expand Do it. it. That would probably be cool. And I discovered something on YouTube this week. If you're a huge community fan... Someone found the community music and put it under the speeches of Don Draper from Mad Men. <laughs> it's, it's fucking wonderful. Like it makes them way more cheery nice. and and less insincere. Now I want to do the opposite. Put Mad Men move, music underneath Jeff's character from Community. Mm. Oh, great! You want to put Beatles music underneath Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> That's your expensive. YouTube channel has a ton of money. Maddie C. Allen on Twitch. Let's see if he gets away yeah. with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were doing Jeff. I'm like, hey, that's a pretty good Jeff impersonation you're doing. Oh, was it? It's Winger. about respect. Yeah. It's, it's about hope. No, Chris, it's about hope. It's about hope. We already talked about is a game that plays people. Oh, boy. And- <laughs> oh, boy. All right. It's good as time to move on as any to move on to. We are on a nostalgic kick uh, because Lucasfilm Games is officially back. Uh, what was it, it, some of you might be saying, Maddie? It's fucking LucasArts. Are you talking about like no, 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 no? The original game name of, of yeah. LucasArts was Lucasfilm Games, yeah. and they are now back. Yeah, our buddy Rob Smith wrote a real interesting book. I've read numerous times about yeah. the history of LucasArts, and George was pretty specific. Like, I don't. Yeah, like we we they, we accidentally sold off all the Star Wars licenses to everyone else. We can't make Star Wars games, so we'll be something different. I thought he just didn't and want to. No, the Atari kind of took the license mm. for a long, long time. Uh, but um, but 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 also it was it was sort of like they could make money by licensing the Star Wars games to other people and make their own IP, and like they exist, they flourished for over a decade just by not 
adapting Star Wars. They had yeah. more success adapting Indiana Jones at LucasArts. Well, they also they, they had a lot of original games. You know, they were known, I'd say, more 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 than Indiana Jones. It was like that was the Monkey Island studio. That was the Sam and Max guys. That was big. I'm I'm anxious to see if they're gonna go through the same evolution of like, oh well we can't just call it Lucasfilm games because we don't just make stuff based on the movies. Okay, arts is a generic enough title. Like are they just gonna be Lucas Arts again one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's my Breath of the Wild Labyrinth mashup that I've always wanted. It's a LucasArts thing. It is. And Howard the Duck, I can go on. Can't wait for my Loom mobile game. Um, No, but uh, they kind of swerved us because when they did this announcement, the trailer for like the rebrand had all Star Wars games. And so we're like, oh, great. We're probably going to hear about a new Star Wars game this week sometime. Uh, That'll be cool. And then the next day, they actually announced a new Indiana Jones game, um, which we know nothing about other than that it's coming from... Bethesda and the executive producer is Todd Howard of, I guess almost every big uh, Bethesda like Elder Negative Scrolls Fallout. Fallout. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the guy. Uh, it, it's still like uh, you, we have to understand how great that is. The people who have made the most single player content in the 1940s are now making an Indiana Jones game. Yeah, and uh, in the last few years, and that's fantastic. I I, I worry about. Other stuff, not so much in the Ubisoft end, but like I'm not a huge fan of the Wolfenstein license or brand or whatever it is, but I like what those people do. Mm-hmm. But like the other thing, the massive entertainment, like oh, never make a Tom Clancy game again. Oh well, it, yeah, that's it, the other the other big announcement they made because we don't we don't know anything by the way about Indiana Jones. They didn't say when it takes place. Mm-hmm. They didn't say if Shia the fucking Boof would be in it. Just they didn't just say Indian. if you're. You're playing as the whip in VR. That's all you do. <laughs> I mean, I, I have faith in machine games. They can make interesting games about uh, decimating Nazis. Oh no! Is it That's machine true. games? Or was, oh, are it's they, machine games. It's, it's machine games. games. Yeah, it's machine games is doing people. this, and they fucking yeah. hate Nazis because if yeah. you played any of the last Wolfenstein games. But that's, I was kind of curious. I'm like, wait, does this mean it's going to be first person? Because that's really what they do well. Is I mean, I, I hope so. I, maybe, but you know, both Indiana Jones, who knows? Um, I, I, I would so. say that that would seem strange, but like, don't, I, I wouldn't count out as like, oh, they've only done first person games. How are they ever going to do a third person one? Like, I, I don't think do that Harrison all the time. Ford, has he ever lent his voice to any of these things ever? I think that's there were some question. clips in Lego Force Awakens, but that is it. Like, mm. he, He's not going to help you, so why render him? Like, be in first person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think people immediately went to third person because the natural assumption is, oh, this is going to be a Tomb Raider slash yeah, Uncharted yeah. clone. Yeah. Like, that's just where your oh, brain I see goes. What you're saying. But I, I was assuming you meant because people would want to see Indiana Jones the whole time yes. rather than just be him. I mean, if it's young Indiana Jones, sure. But if it's like old Indiana Jones, no, I'd rather not see him. Oh no, honest. you don't. You're gonna want that earring. It's you're gonna want that earring. <laughs> like old in- Chronicles Indiana Jones. And my, my my thinking there is also like I, I feel like it would be stranger uh, maneuvering with a whip in first person than in third person. But I mean, we, um, in first person, we did it with uh, uh, what's the Ubisoft series, uh, Call of Juarez. Huh. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you literally right. used whips to, like, right. yank yourself up. The same way you would in, like, a Far Cry game, but it was way more Indiana Jones. So hmm. it's 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 a 10-year-old mechanic. It okay. can happen. True. Yeah, I mean, we know nothing. Um, apparently, though, people look back. Todd Howard might have been hinting at this because he, he did a video where, like, basically everything on the bookshelves behind him was, like, Indiana Jones collectibles. He had, like, an Ark of the Covenant of the Covenant reproduction. Nice. Like, it was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. I think that's what it's going to take because um, I don't know what fizzled in EA's deal, 
um, about their exclusivity contract, but I think four console games in 10 years is not worth the time, <laughs> and you should definitely spread this around. Ah, and it well, shouldn't be that you're expensive. You're talking about Star Wars, which is the next big announcement of. Uh, yeah, but but I think I think someone to make an Indiana Jones game has to start off as a big Indiana Jones fan because it's an uphill yeah. battle in the games market. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I don't know how much other than dudes, you know, in their 30s and 40s like us, how valuable is Indiana right. Jones as a property? Do, does anybody remember the Wii game that came out? No. No. <laughs> It was, it was the cover of Nintendo Power, by gosh. I was there. I think I wrote an oh. article on that issue. Right. The Staff of Kings. I'm not getting into semantics about what it was <laughs> called. I'm just saying none of us ever played it. Yeah. Um, the, the other big announcement that then came later in the week was they announced Ubisoft is yeah. making an open world Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is being developed by Massive Entertainment, the dudes behind a uh, huge hit World in Conflict. Oh, and also The Division. But uh, I worked with Massive back when they did fucking Ground Control 1 and 2 and, and World in Conflict days. Wow. They've, they've come a long way as a studio. You worked on World in Conflict? Yeah, dude. I downloaded a press packet from them like 10 years ago, and they had like two trailers with tanks rolling around with tears for fears, everybody wants to rule the world. I'm like... This probably cost too much for whatever this game was. <laughs> what would the, I want to yeah. know every marketing layer behind this. <laughs> Say that you'll never, never, never need it. Yeah, it's like a tank tooling around fucking the barren <laughs> landscape of Germany. Everybody wants to. <laughs> that like, game ruled. It's so strange. That game ruled. But what they do now is open world games with the, the Snowdrop mm-hmm. engine. Yeah. Uh, that That's what runs the division. So, yeah, it's um, Star Wars open world. That's all we know. And it's, oh, it's a... Uh, Directed by Julian Garrity, who uh, he directed The Division 2. So yes. they got, basically, it's like The Division's leads are on this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, and then Eve, uh, Eve Guillermo, CEO of, of Ubisoft, confirmed that he, he actually said this is the beginning of a long term collaboration between Ubisoft and Disney. So anxious mm-hmm. to see what else that could yeah. mean. Also, also not yeah. Ubisoft's first Star Wars game, surprisingly. No, but but like but like uh, the first 3D one, am I correct? No, actually, uh, the first 3D one was Star Wars Lethal Alliance for the DS and PSP. Oh, oh I mean, I knew it was a handheld game. It was it was another ba- basically like I I have no idea how many versions there are at this point of who stole the Death Star plans and how, but that was one of them. It was like, oh, it's a Twi'lek girl and her droid, and they work together and that's why it's called lethal alliance they were the lethal alliance yes, i get you yes. but no that kind of brings up a good point chris was mentioning earlier this announcement signals the official end of the ea star wars exclusivity deal mm. which um is going to expire in 2023 so i think the assumption is this this open world game would come out after that ea was quick to point out like hey this doesn't mean we're never making star wars games again it just means that ea no is no longer making them exclusively like and as chris said they they had the license 10 years and i know they canceled a few projects here or there but four games in 10 years i think disney is used to a lot more than four games in 10 years right. when it comes to star wars and there are mo- there are plenty of ea mobile games that i have not played and will not and hopefully never talk about on a podcast that people like. So I don't want to shit yeah. on those. And games. they make a lot of money, a lot. And they make a ton of money. And you can have Luke Skywalker, Fist, Kylo Ren, and all that shit. Like it's it's perfect. It's, uh, but but it, it, yeah, this this I thought was like no, this is a waste. In like the last few years, I think EA was forced to show you should be making one of these a year. Sorry, you you should. And 
oh, we can actually. And I, I think I, I think the weird thing is is that the exclusivity contract hasn't ended. It's just we're we're not going to get any of these games that come out until after the exclusivity contract has ended. So it's uh, about a year to a year and a half to two years until mm-hmm. we see any of these games. And it's it's not like there was bad stuff like that. I don't want to give the wrong impression because I I just played through the campaign of Battlefront Two. I enjoyed Fucking the great. hell out of that campaign. Fucking great. Squadrons was great last year. It was a great for I'm, what I'm it was. Not, I'm not a fan of what they did to the to the Battlefront genre. I'm not a fan of the loot boxy nonsense. It was way too out of control, mm-hmm. and they've they've since modified it. And you can pick it up, I think, for twelve dollars. I think you can pick up everything wow. EA's ever made for uh, at, for actually, less than thirty. As you're listening to this, I think it will still be free on the Epic Game Store. You can get wow, Battlefront okay. Two for free. Yeah. <laughs> so go get go do but that. I think for for less than thirty dollars, you can get Squadrons, Fallen Order, and Battlefront Two um, for less than thirty bucks on like pretty much any console. They're all really good games. It's just that like Battlefront One and Two represented the first five years of output in an exclusivity a yeah. Star Trek a Star Wars. <laughs> exclusivity contract and it was frustrating yeah. and, uh, and and I love the division but I remember just constantly making fun of like there's numbers flying out of this guy I'm shooting but this guy is a Hispanic dude wearing a ball cap <laughs> and I've shot him in the head 600 times yeah. this yeah. Should, this should be a rancor <laughs> uh, this company would be way better off in, a, in, in like doing whatever they're doing in a way bigger universe that we care so much about yeah. I cannot wait for this. I can't, it's perfect for whatever the massive does. Mm. Like I played all the divisions a lot, yeah. and it's the only thing like really silly about it is that it's all human beings. I think am I making this up, guys, or did they officially announce there's a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order? Right, like that's a thing that's actually happening, or is it, am I just the chat? I, I didn't look it up, but um, I, they should. It's they, fucking great. Yeah, it's a good game. They probably yeah. will. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. but the the thing is, is like. We've, we finally have more than one Star Wars game at a time to look forward to is kind of the yeah, point right. I was making. Because like, you can you can, you can can be assured, like, they'll probably do a Squadrons, too. Squadrons was dope. I think it made them pretty good money. Like, imagine that on, like, true next-gen platforms. Like, okay, well, it, we're finally sort of getting back to the days of our youths of, like, the 90s and shit where, like, you couldn't shake a you can swing a stick without fucking hitting could, 14 Star, Star Wars, Wars games. Star Wars after 1993. They were all over video games, and I think that's... When we write the history of this, that'll be why I was against the exclusivity contract to begin with. And like, yeah. unless you can deliver something even annually, why buy this? It doesn't make any sense. You're not going to make your money back. Video games carried the Star Wars franchise through the right. 80s right. and 90s. Yeah. It yeah. was like, yeah, there was they were producing nothing else official except books and books. video games yeah. and comics. Yeah. I did see, yeah. I forget who it was who was talking, saying like, oh man, it might be that the rights are too tied up with E and Bioware, but I'd love to see someone else tackle a new Knights of the Old Republic. And it's like, well, maybe... That's why they introduced Star Wars The High Republic, so they can do a game with that title instead. And by the way, if you have something called The High Republic and it's not being spearheaded by Seth Rogen and Snoop Dogg, you you have completely dropped the ball. Yep. And, and, and like for all everything I've read, like they're they're going back to the High Republic to make movies and shit out of this, or, or the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna go back even further. I'm sorry, I, it's an underexploited area of that lore that is fascinating. Like right. the Jedi at their peak. Like yeah, I want to see that. I want to. And we see talk. It. We're on, on sick of Star Wars. Our Patreon show, Patreon.com/slash Laser Time. You hear Jeremy 
rail on that like because he just grew up in the old republic universe yeah. and would rather see that on screen than more sequel trilogies or more skywalker or shit mm. Mm. and <laughs> you guys ready to hear about some ces yes. stuff mm-hmm. sure i'm ready my wallet I mean, is ready. hit me. I mean, <laughs> it's not the same this year when then it's not happening at the same time as a porn convention down the street in Vegas. <laughs> is is was it even an event? Like, did CES occur in Vegas or was it just all online? I don't. I don't know that I saw. I was looking at something very specific, and yeah, it was a lot of virtual videos of physical products. I saw Jim Ryan out there saying the PS5 was successful, and I'm like, great. I still can't buy one, so great. Thank you for that. Um, but then uh, there were a couple fun announcements that I would say that would apply to games. Uh, and as we know, CES is kind of this weird show that sometimes has gaming-related stuff, but it's no longer a show where you're going to announce a game thing. But NVIDIA announced uh, a new card in the in the 30, 3000, what do you call this, Michael? The 30 series or the 3000 series? I, I've heard 3000 series. I'm kind of surprised, though. The 3060 I thought was announced a while ago. I actually thought it was out, but like... The the three thousand series like sell out so quickly that it being out is kind of just an academic distinction. Well, I think what the distinction was is the there was a thirty sixty Ti, and that was uh. three ninety nine. That was the the former intro level, and now what they just announced is just the base thirty sixty. Um, it's it's a little bit more powerful in some parts, but less powerful than the Ti in others. And so that comes in is now their new entry level. That's only three hundred and twenty nine dollars. That's actually a really great price, mm-hmm. and that gets you on that Ampere architecture. And it's RTX. It's 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 running the ray tracing stuff. Mm-hmm. So out of the box, you'll be you'll be ray tracing for three hundred twenty nine dollars. Can't, can't wait for entire shipments to be immediately bought out by scalpers and uh, Bitcoin miners. I know. I hesitate to even talk about it on a show. It's yeah. like, yeah, when when are we going to be able to buy these? Uh, probably have a better chance of getting one they showed off the um oh here this answers our question they refer to it as the 30 series Mm. they showed off the mobile variants of the 30 series cards all the stuff that goes into gaming laptops so you'll probably be able to get one of those because you're going to have to buy like an alienware laptop or an msi laptop with it so they will have variants of the 3080 the 3070 and the 3060 available in pc gaming laptops soon um Razer revealed a couple of fun things at the show, one of which I actually really want, the other which I would I doubt they will actually make. Uh Razer's kind of notorious for like showing off concept stuff at CES that never hits the market, but I think they already came out and said one of these would happen. So the the one that will not happen, they're, they're calling Project <laughs> Brooklyn. It's a gaming chair that has a, a built-in 60-inch wraparound semi-transparent monitor. It's some it's some fucking what is that movie with Clive Owen George, the Kingdom of the Man? The Jetsons the movie? No, Children of Children, Children of, of Men. Is that Oh, I was very close. Remember the semi-transparent monitor? It looks like something out of that combined with something out of the Jetsons. Um Thank you. Yeah, this thing's not happening, but it's it's like a 180 degree transparent OLED screen um that is attached to a gaming chair. And of course, because it's Razer it's got some RGB lighting built in. Ooh, and haptic vibration. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but the one they, that I think will happen, um, Project Hazel, is this like Metro 23-ass looking face mask. It's an N95 face mask with these... What? Oh, right! It, it has lights and a voice amplifier and like rechargeable ventilators that, that are filters that you like plug in and recharge it's fucking dope it's, it's also and transparent it's, me. <laughs> yes, yes. it's it's transparent R-A-P. it's like it's like a scuba mask for the lower half of your face 
so that yeah, people can yeah. see your mouth as you fog the thing up. <laughs> it looks dope, and like I, I mean, if they sell it, it's probably going to be like two hundred dollars. But like, fuck it, I'm ready. We're already living in cyberpunk. We might as yeah. well get the cool and, parts. I of mean, cyberpunk. it sounds like this thing's going to be around for a while, so we might as well get a durable version of the masks we've been wearing. Well, and one of the things we're learning is like, even when we get vaccines and shit, is like. Hey, if you want to avoid the flu or the common cold, like masks are probably a pretty handy mm-hmm. thing to to use. So. Yeah, it's almost like people have been wearing them on flights for ten years. Yeah. <laughs> and we, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then this, I had to put this in here because because Chris, but uh, arcade me, one up. Let me let me let me ask you this, especially Larry, who's who's haven't, hasn't heard my bullshit before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lair bear. How, what do I need to do to put you into an arcade machine into your apartment? Wait, you need to walk, You need to slap the top of one when you do this, Chris. You see this baby? This baby. What do I got to do to put you into one of these things? No, to be honest, actually, after you guys mentioned the new One Up releases, I wanted to just go and check out and see what what the the games were. So I've actually been scrolling on the screen. Pretty exciting so, lineup. I I like the ability to mod them and put whatever I want in there, mm. but it also is. They've been around long enough. Three of the new machines are Legacy series. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the Tempest machine is the sexiest thing I've ever seen because I've been modding my machines like I would like a vertical cab, mm-hmm. a two-player horizontal cab, a mm-hmm. racing cab. And this is the trackball, uh, asteroids, uh, Arkanoid. 12-in-1, it, it's a little more expensive, but they ha- they usually come with four or five games, and this one comes with 12. And so does this... The Street Fighter uh, Legacy machine is the sexiest thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Yeah, that's. It seems like they're moving more toward those like classic collections where it's it's not just a Street Fighter Legacy. It I think they call it the Capcom Legacy machine where there's right. a bunch. But, but of it looks Capcom. like it looks like a very specific Street Fighter Two arcade machine. Yeah, and it has like all of the Street yeah. Fighters, all Street Fighter Twos inside of it, all of them, and. 1944 and Ghouls and Ghosts. And it has yeah, it has Strider, Darkstalkers, Commando, Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, and 1944. So it's yeah, like a, it's a really yeah, good and, Capcom and, and arcade machine. I would recommend modding it because I've modded mine for like a uh, hundred to two hundred dollars to play everything that's ever existed. But that's still sexy, sexy as shit. And yeah. these these machines now offer online online play. Oh my yeah. god. So right, that's See fantastic. What I'm yeah, yeah that's, like, this uh, is great. I'm glad it's gone in this direction. To yeah. be honest, like yeah, I, right. I have that nostalgia bug. I mean, half the games we talked about, the 40 year old games, are in that the Namco Bandai has a legacy machine that has like every pack game plus Galaga, Galaxian, Dig Dug, all this shit. Yeah. So it's like there's, and it, it's I know how it looks. It's like what does it look new? I'm like, yes, it has a vanity coin door now (laughs) a sticker that looks like a coin door which is a big deal in the arcade community but not for me the one that's that's interesting was the uh there's a dragon's layer machine that actually i got it wrong yeah Yeah, well they 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 have i thought like why would they separate them because they have a space ace variant and basically what it is 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 the machine includes dragon's layer one and two and space Space Ace, ace but you can buy it to either have the Dragon's Lair art on the outside or the Space Ace art, but it, it has the same guts, basically. Yeah, so, Larry, the world I'm living in, I am reskinning these things to whatever I want, nice. which a lot of people do. The Golden Tea came, came, thing came out, and the amount of people who disgustingly put Caddyshack and Happy Gilmore <laughs> stuff all over it. Uh, I don't even like Golden Tea, but yeah. I would couldn't never you, want that You could that use that as house. a millipede machine, couldn't you? Because the, the yeah. trackball? Yeah, track right. Yeah, yeah. It depends on how you want to mod it. And, and I... I, it's been my greatest quarantine project 
is fixing these things up and putting better monitors in them and like Sanwa parts and making them fully capable main machines. I've had a fucking blast with that. I almost replaced my Street Fighter one upstairs with that new X-Men versus Street Fighter. It looks so good. It is such a pretty machine. And they brought out a Konami. It's got God, it's got X-Men uh, based on the, the Pride of the X-Men pilot. It's got Captain America and the Avengers. Mm. No! Wasp! <laughs> nice. it's, it's, it's one of my favorite games <laughs> ever. Avengers. And for some reason, the worst fighting game of all time, Avengers Galactic Storm. But which yeah. is hard to play, and most people have never seen, and is a really good time capsule of 90s Marvel comics. There's no Thor. There's only Thunderstrike. He has his ears pierced. He's great. Um, yeah. There, there's also, there was an uh, Atari legacy. I really like these legacy machines. That's the machines. one I want. Yeah. That's the one I want. Because, like, I want a one machine that is dedicated to wheels and spinners. And I will upgrade those things. And the t- it's Tempest. It looks like Tempest. It is the sexiest machine they announce. It is so pretty. If you own a business... Put this in there. It looks very nice. The one that I thought would be the weirdest until I saw the last one we'll mention, there's a Killer Instinct machine, of all things, that includes Killer Instinct 1, 2, Battletoads, the arcade version, Mm -hmm. and then Battletoads meet uh, Double Dragon is in there. Oh, whoa. Has that ever been re-released? That wasn't even on the Rare Replay collection. No, it was not. Um, And then the the weirdest machine... Out of all these, is they have that four-player pong stand-up machine that you look down on the it's play really field. It's, it's kind of like a cocktail machine. Like Chris, if you're building your bar, your your arcade bar in your house, this would be the place that I would stand no. behind you and put a beer on to watch you play. I don't have the room. I, like my friend left a cocktail machine in my house, and I keep bothering my girlfriend. Like, get this shit out of here, so we can put the cocktail machine. Yeah, down. that's the dream. We don't eat it at a dinner table. Let's have a cocktail machine. Sure. I have an asteroids cocktail machine sitting under shit. Someone yeah. left at my place. I want to look at the ghost chase Pac-Man in those cutscenes while I eat my fucking slice of pizza. <laughs> yes. I want to recreate the experience of ordering terrible pizza from Godfather's Pizza. <laughs> oh, man. We're all children Godfather's. of the 80s. Does that place still exist, or did it die with Herman Cain? I associate it... You know it's not around if I associate your pizza with Kid Nicky. <laughs> like that... <laughs> I give one up credit, man, because they they hit with this product right when like the arcade generation really ran into disposable income, you know, yeah. and so like uh, yes. now is the time. Yeah, but also when arcades were completely dead, like they're closing yeah. the last of the Sega arcades in yeah. Japan. It's like, well, this is how you're going to get arcades now. It's in your home. And if I haven't, if you haven't heard me say that, Larry, I have never paid full price for one of these things. Mm. In fact, I've paid a lot less for all mm-hmm. of these things. They eventually are too big and get clearance and I follow them like a hawk because I love them mm-hmm. but $500 love them not yeah. always yeah. but 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 the again the Tempest one I have a $200 Visa gift card from Christmas I'm almost there <laughs> like, yeah. I really like it I really like it and to mod it to play every game that ever used a trackball and a, a, a spinny thing, thingy I, yeah I might do it I might it's been fun to watch. Like they go through themes. Like when they first started, every machine was like two or three games, and then, then they had the weird. You know, for the past couple of years, it's been the gimmick machines. Like, oh, we have a sit-down racing cab with Rad Racer, and then and now it's like these legacy collections. I think the legacy collections are probably like the best value for me. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna get like 20 arcade machines in one. They're a little more expensive, but they're very pretty, and all the kinks have been worked out. Nice. So, and there's three of them. If you like Pac-Man, if you like Street Fighter or Capcom, and if you like 
trackball games, you have three choices. And I, we only saw the Canadian prices, which was $600. I was like, fuck your ass. No, no. But like, oh, that's Canadian prices. So like 500 I can't believe how little that... Yeah, maybe it is worth PS5 prices. I can, I'll avoid playing Demon Souls and reconnect with a game called Time Pilot. Well, and you get to have an arcade machine without having to like scrounge old pizza places and worry that like some right. family of raccoons lived in your cabinet at one that, point. That's the moral of this story. Yeah. You're never going to start making your own arcade cabinet where someone's going to give give you a free monitor, joysticks and buttons. And here it is. Right. And you can do that like right away and like I if I have to someday I'll do a little tutorial like it's not hard. It was hard to do. It was a whole night, but it was really fun. And I don't work with my hands a lot nowadays so like i really liked it sorry i'll move on but i was You're good I, I love that company um anything any ask me any question you want folks i'm on facebook i'm available i will answer your questions <laughs> i mess with these things all the time i sent you guys messages this week like i wish i could make and send you these things uh they're wonderful yeah um and mm. that's all the news michael and chris and larry hey. that is fit to play all right Let's move on to the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Uh, last week's question of the week was, what are your 2021 gaming resolutions? Larry, you weren't here. Do you, do you have a resolution or a goal that you, you want to set for, for gaming in 2021? Yeah, I do. I do, actually. Uh, oh, cool. I played a lot of MOBA over the last two, three years. All I mean, right. a lot, a lot. And so, like addiction of levels of a lot. Like, well, there was one comment that I got after winning a match, and I was playing on my favorite character, who was like level three hundred in that game. And someone was like, "Oh, GM just plays all like they thought I worked at Blizzard because <laughs> I was good, and my, that character specifically was so high that they didn't think like a normal person would achieve that." <laughs> and so I didn't know if I was proud or embarrassed. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, right. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, flex, flex, over with. Uh, I played a lot of MOBAs, and I ignored <laughs> a lot of like my traditional, like, hey, $60 top-level games, open-world games, a lot of the stuff that I just grew up playing. And so I'm probably going to put MOBA aside this year and go back to just seeing what all the other game companies have to offer and uh, enjoy you know stories in different universes again. So that'll be my resolution. Nice. If you have thousands of hours to kill, might I recommend getting into the Yakuza series? Mm-hmm. Ah, yes. <laughs> yes. Thanks to Xbox Game Pass, that'll be yeah. easy you can do to do. <laughs> I, I actually I meant to, like not to derail things. I did I need to ask you about that personally. Mm-hmm. I can't buy any games for a while, but I have Yakuza Zero. Yes. And seven. Yes. What would you do first? Zero. Always zero. Start with zero. Mm. Yeah. But what about seven's totally it's different? It's a totally yeah, it's a separate in, thing. Do you want me sucked into this franchise in a modern way or not? The engine though is made so much progress even since zero. Mm-hmm. Like Mm-hmm. You're gonna be expecting things in Zero that you can't do that you can do in in like a dragon. Like uh, the dragon engines got better, where you can like throw dudes through the windows of stores and then keep fighting them in the stores. You can't do that in Zero. It's a mm-hmm. little more Ooh. static. But Zero Axel has a kick-ass style. story. <laughs> Zero will let you fall in love with the the characters in the world and the weirdness. And it takes place in the fucking 80s, in the height of Japan's boom, where literally when you hit people. Money flies out of their pockets. Like, mm-hmm. what else do you need to hear? <laughs> I, I feel it's Scott Pilgrim does. It's, it's already. It's also a, a pretty. It, it'll give you a really good grounding in the series. Like, you can kind of from zero. You can kind of jump off and play any Yakuza game and not be completely Breaking lost as to what's happening or who these people are. Yep. 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 Uh, 
Play, I play the opening a thousand times, and then something else comes out. Uh, where are we at? Uh, well, first to respond on videogamepocalypse.com was Trick the TM, who says, My gaming resolution for the year is the same as most years. Clear my backlog. I have a large pile of RPGs, and I plan to get through at least a few of them, making good progress on Dragon Quest XI at the moment. Hey, same, same here. Yeah, I've been. Uh, yeah, a, I've been a large pile of RPGs is a terrible way to start a. I'm going to clear <laughs> a my backlog. backlog. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talk yeah. to me in December. Hundred hours at a time this That's year. I, I completed two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pick the shorter I games. Two, but I was in surgery yeah. and they were portable. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, I'm right there with him. Uh, Lambertar says my gaming resolution of the year is twofold. First, I just got myself a free Switch with my credit card reward program and bought only one game for it as of now ring fit adventure i really need to get some exercise done so i want to put time in it once every two days at the most then i want to get through at least trials of cold steel two and three uh, rpgs might seem like a highly reachable objective but having two kids and playing a whole bunch of games on the side with friends and the girlfriend things like left 4 dead 2 uh dow2 borderlands 2 and divinity 2 a lot of a lot of twos and threes in there um borderlands 3 sorry i don't have that much time to fly solo and i don't understand you sir because that's all i do when i play uh, games i just want to uh, point out he said every two days at worst not at most so oh okay <laughs> saying okay, at worst okay. yeah that's probably a better the game itself is not that I play. I exclusively play fitness games, and Ring Fit is one of the hardest. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come here every day and jog in place for an hour. I'm like, Are you fucking crazy. <laughs> I, I, I think you. he means I'm aiming for every day, but I, I'll I'll mm-hmm. settle for every two days. Yeah, I, I had drifted away from it, and I will I will give our. I'm, I'm I'm guessing a lot of people have a similar resolution, and maybe picked up Ring Fit. Um, if you have not played in a while, I recommend. When you first start to get back into it, A, listen to your trainer and drop the difficulty down. You're not where you were. Uh, and B, just go back to the old worlds and finish the quests that you didn't complete there. Don't try to just jump back into your routine again. It will fuck okay. you over. Just don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. These are – these are. it is the best fitness game on the market because, like, I still think my, my Apple Watch doesn't know what to do with certain VR games, even the fitness ones. Mm-hmm. But, like, you feel ring fit. Like – Fuck my solar plexus! It asked me to lie on the ground and kick the air. Like this hurts. <laughs> yes, um, it's a good fitness game and great for right now. When we're all trapped. I, I, I feel like solar plexus isn't a real world word, and, and Gorilla Monsoon just made that shit up. He did. He did. He did. And he invented the Soloflex, the rubber band based workout system. Yeah, the Soloflex. Nickelodeon seemed to dine out on for like six years. <laughs> Stop it, Nickelodeon. I just want to watch French episodes of Spartacus. I anyway. just want to watch football on Nickelodeon from now on. When no. You, they, no. They had literal I, slime cannons when those dudes scored touchdowns. Yes. I will die on this hill. No, one, no kid who watches Nickelodeon is excited about this. Uh, hey, Mom, Dad, you know what I'd like for Christmas? Take away four hours of my programming for the NFL. <laughs> Fuck off. Leave those kids programming alone. <laughs> Leave them alone. <laughs> Let me watch the Cleveland Browns, Mom and yeah. Dad. Uh, you know, Danny Phantom's really cool, but what about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> What's, You know, I want to tune in for one game just to hear how they try to cover up when the guys get aggressive and start mm. pushing or fighting. And, Did you see Whoa, that clip? They're getting into the tussle now. Right. Did you, you see that? I mean? like, what people, <laughs> people did get into a fight, and they had like an explanation. We all want to hit someone every once in a while, but you just can't in this yeah. life. You just can't. <laughs> I, I you think someone needs a physical challenge 
in a timeout, eh? Yeah. I think that one's someone needs to do a trust fall. I'm looking at you. Let's just start playing <laughs> Hanna Barbera bonk sounds fo- over the the punch. I don't know any football players. I can't Lewis. do this. They should have brought back Mark Summers to host that shit. He would have been amazing. Oh, so close to knocking out your opponent. Um, but um, on Facebook, Daniel Peckham says, My gaming resolution is to stop playing so much GTA Five. I literally have over a dozen other games. I just bought over the last month physical and digital. Uh, GOG's 95% off sales are evil, man. Uh, and just they're just sitting around, untouched. I want to finish Control and start playing games like Cloudpunk. <laughs> but I'm addicted to pulling the solo heist at Cayo Perico in GTA 5. It's uh, the first time I've gotten to take part in online heists. I don't play with other people and prefer couch co-op. And get to do... Fun stuff, tons of the other players get to do on a daily basis. I, I've i tried to start GTA Online several times. Never got into it. No, and you know how I know they're still making a shit ton of monies? They advertise for this thing on TV still. Mm-hmm. Like, this yeah. new mode. They have, like, Cayo Perico commercials. I'm like, what the fuck? And you can tell, like, there's new cutscene dialogue with these characters. Right. And that you've been like, fuck, you, you almost have me because I've, I've finished the game three like twice now. Anyway. Andrew Joseph says, I have three New Year's resolutions. I keep pressuring Arcade One Up to create a dual stick cabinet for Smash TV. Ooh. Total Carnage and Robotron. Keep at it, buddy. Um, I will complete I will complete creating my gaming spanning game room. I will complete one game a month without delay of work. That's Joseph a- Andy it's Joe, happy. that's a good one. Because um, especially at my age, like I would like to carve out a gaming space instead of just this pile of boxes and wires. Um, <laughs> even my girlfriend's yeah. like, I found a carpet that you might want to put in your gaming podcast room. It has galaxies on the floor and glows in a black light. And like, that's a <gasps> that's the best thing I've ever heard. That is exactly how I should <laughs> podcast cool. on a regular. Why, why did your girlfriend sound like Archie Bunker's wife? I know, I know, it's not fair. <laughs> He's thirty. It's, she doesn't sound like that at all. Oh, oh my God! Well, you're not watching Letterkenny. It's the bee's knees. It's so <laughs> Connor Wade says, "My 2021 gaming resolution is to actually buy less games. I tend to shop through bargain bins and and a lot, and leave games on the shelf for ages. Means I actually have to play through 100 percent of the games I actually own. And as someone who gets caught during the trophy hunting bug again, it helps in the long run. Okay." Um, Awesome, Connor. That's that's uh, admirable. Yeah, seriously. Like, yeah, play, play the shit you already bought. Don't spend yeah. more money. Yeah. We say that every time a week before Steam sales, we remind ourselves of that. Like, yep, not yeah. nope, not this time. So, yeah. good luck, brother. It Doesn't ain't work. Me, yeah, but that good luck. <laughs> plus, plus, the economy needs you right now, Connor. Buy new games. Go out and buy new games. Do it. Do it. I won't, but you should, Connor. Um, that, I think it's that hundred percent that kills me. Like, if it's just play them, mm. cool. Like, you got yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. that hundred percent. That's that's not a that's not a low bar. You know what I mean? No. That's that yeah, is that's... not a uh, a thirty five year old plus goal. Yeah, uh, I would say. <laughs> right. like, yeah, Connor's a young man. You can tell. <laughs> I <laughs> saw it. That's 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 me. That's me now. When I'm in any conversation about ice, I, I yeah. get it. I <laughs> saw it. I, <laughs> I, I hope Connor <laughs> enjoys this. I problem didn't hundred percent the Iggy Azalea video but i i get it yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it 
thumbnail 100% all of Bieber's content on YouTube. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't watch all of This Is America, but I get it. He's mad. It's, it's, I, I understand. <laughs> I can't even 100% 60 minutes these days, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Twitter says the guy uh, who might be Joe uh, says, um, try more FPS games. I'm not a big gun person, nor a shooter style gamer outside of the Metroid Prime series. So I guess I'll try and play some Doom or something. Or maybe Far Cry. Those I would recommend Far Cry, good. for yeah. real. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The Dork Knight says, My gaming resolution is to try more genres of games. I am fine in my comfort zone of shooters and action games that I play, but I want to branch out and play some more interesting games like Bug Snacks or indie games like GTFO. GTFO is hard. I will say if you're going to play that, you actually need a gaming group. It is like basically a raid game. Like that's mm-hmm. it's very tough. You can't play it by yeah. yourself. So best best description I've heard of Bug Snacks is it's not not a horror game. <laughs> it's a body horror game where the yep. body horror just happens to be fast food and, and mm-hmm. fruits and vegetable body yeah. parts, right? On adorable monsters that look like yeah. they came off of Sesame Street. Yes. Yeah. Uh, finally, we have a video response from Mike Amari, who says... question of the week, of course, was, what's your gaming resolution for 2021? Uh, I have two of them. Uh, first and foremost, the easy one for me, is I'm going to start making sure I utilize my Game Pass uh, and my PS Plus subscription and my Games of Gold subscription a bit more than I have been. You see, I was looking at just how many games I get thrown in my face due to my subscriptions each month and how few of them I'm actually playing and how much money I'm spending on games that I'm buying brand new when I really could be spending my time playing the games in Game Pass and waiting for games to either go on sale or come into Game Pass themselves. The amount of money I would I would say could be staggering, probably in the thousands, given how I'm also a sucker for, you know, uh, premium editions and things like that. My other resolution actually deals with you guys. Uh, my other gaming resolution is to make sure that I make one of these videos for VGA's Question of the Week each week. Uh, I started making these about three years ago uh, for one of you guys' Question of the Week answers, and it set me down a path where I got way more interested in making videos, way more interested in video content in general, and it led to me buying better uh, camera equipment, better lighting equipment, better backdrop. It's led me to the point where I, about a year ago, was able to make a music video for a longtime friend of mine, uh, one of the things I'm most proud of. And really, I wouldn't have gotten to that point if it weren't for each week uh, playing around with the cameras, playing around with the lights, and making it so that I would have a question of the week for you guys. Uh, it's also kind of impacted my career. See, I'm, I'm a school teacher, and we went remote, and I was one of the only people who had a professional camera, nice lights set up, a green screen already set up in his house with his audio equipment. And it's helped me stand out uh, among my teaching staff, not just because of my teaching ability, but because of my presentation of what I'm teaching. Uh, And so it's just been a net positive, and I want to make sure that I keep up with that, that I continue to make this weekly video content for um, VGA's Question of the Week. And I do want to thank you guys for giving the community the opportunity to be, you know, a small part of this, where at the end of the show, it's really my favorite part of VGA is hearing what everyone from the community has to say in addition to what you guys are saying to the Question of the Week. It really does help it feel like a bigger kind of, you know, close-knit community. Oh, I thank you guys for listening to me this week, and I look forward to being with you again next week. Now, I want to say, uh, Mike, you you put a lot of effort into these videos that have an audience, an intended audience of roughly four people. Um, so I, I want to encourage everybody to go look at uh, Mike's channel, Off Target, on YouTube, 
And yeah. uh, take they a look get better at the, all the time. these elaborate videos that he's put together. You you don't get to see them. You only get to hear them. But uh, he, he does like a lot of cool graphics and stuff that only we get to see. So maybe you should all take a look. And I, will, I have gotten numerous jobs because old people refuse to learn anything about video production or editing. Don't and call me is, old. It's not, I didn't call you old. You've also never given me a job. <laughs> That's true. But, but, but I, yeah, yeah, I've gotten a ton of work out of that with like being a complete self-taught amateur because no one wants to learn this who's yeah. over 40, I say, as a 40-year-old. And I don't want to it's learn anything else about true. this either. So it's it's. I, I didn't realize what he was talking about, that like, oh, you are a... You are a god among men in a mm-hmm. pandemic where we're all talking via video. Yeah. I'm the only one here. Like, Michael and I are the only one in this feed right now with a real background. Like, why would we show our real house? Mm-hmm. I don't know how old this Sam Adams bottle I've, is. I've like, got a new be behind up. me. That's why I'm doing it. Hey, yeah, your room's clean. Mine is not. Mine you, is not. You aren't seeing um, the floor. <laughs> I, I was, I'm, 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 I'm inspired and elated by Michael mm-hmm. Murray's comments, so... Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm glad that we could be part of uh, part of this success that you're experiencing. So that's cool. Um, So new question of the week. Uh, What's a nostalgic game genre you wish would see a resurgence? You might have to explain this a little more, Matt. Well, I meant like, you know, we were talking in new releases like there last year. I think the belt scroller beat em up Mm -hmm. genre has, has seen a nice resurgence where we have a lot of different types of games and some are doing new things. And, and so I feel like that one is, was a genre that had gone away that came back. And so like, what is another kind of game genre or type of game that you really used to love playing that kind of is, is no longer around, or maybe even just has like one game series that does it, but no one else does it. And it's like, you just wish more people would have unique takes on it, you know, something like that. So here's my answer. I'll give you an example. Okay. Is it, we've mentioned it recently. I think we were we were talking about it in our game of the year. Or no, I'm sorry, we were talking about it in our remaster show uh, with Tony Hawk. In mm-hmm. extreme sports games have almost completely gone away to the point it's been yeah. long enough where I would call that kind of a nostalgic genre. It's that yeah. no one does them anymore. And I, ha- I haven't seen the EA Sports big label ever. Like in like the last ten years. Yeah, big. Just just give me EA Sports big with with mm. you know NBA Street, uh, even NFL Street. Mm. I like those extreme takes on sports games, the more arcadey sports games, it, as well as things like snowboarding and all that stuff. You know, like you you have a little bit of that. Like Steep was doing it, but I remember being shocked when Ubisoft announced Steep because I'm like nobody announces snowboarding games nowadays. Like this is wild, mm. right? So make that a genre with viable games that more than more than one every four years or something and i'd be stoked i i I did i don't know if i told you the guys that on the show my my big heart on if you didn't wasn't clear was arcade games and like fixing up and buying things people are basically throwing out and like do you remember alpine racer yeah where you're standing on skis did you know if someone's selling one they're technically not selling it they're giving it away because it's too expensive to ship yeah and like and Mm. i found two in the last three months, we're like, come get it. It's yours. And like, oh, shit. This is like four hours away. I will have a full-time Alpine ski racer in my house for nothing. <laughs> but it's also like, God, that's so huge and awful. <laughs> so awesome. I don't want that to come back. But um, in terms of I was talking to my arcade buddies and about what I want to build and mod if I were to make my perfect arcade. 
um, and what Arcade One Up hasn't really addressed yet, but they're about to. We don't understand the small miracle that comes from uh, their big Buck Hunter game. The idea of uh, modding. Do you guys know when you people mod light gun games now for arcades? They use Wii remotes. Mm. Oh, really? Because the technology isn't there. Like uh, LED, LED is technically uh, CRTs is how you uh, light gun games worked, and they don't work on LEDs or OLEDs or plasmas. And there's one light gun that does, and it's a thousand dollars. But like, uh, yeah, I, I I would love light gun games to come back i remember i and i I kick myself every day i was the guy who reviewed time crisis six um for because i was a huge time crisis fan and gave it a four because it sucked because it Ah, did so you killed the genre way to go you walked with the gun and you hung up a system (laughs) like a power glove it looked awful (laughs) it was it's terrible but but like uh i love light gun games i love point blank i love uh police academy i love virtual cop um I love like House of the Dead. I'm sorry, House of the Dead is the best one. I yeah. love light gun games, and um, I would love. Why is that gone? We, we it feels like we should have better technology to have light gun, games. especially in VR. Yeah, we should yeah. have a lot more stuff like that. It's we I had that written down. For some reason, VR is the only peripheral any of us seem to carry these days, according to game manufacturers. Mm-hmm. We don't have plastic guitars or light guns. We just have. VR headsets and like that's not the case with all of us. Some of us still have yeah. fucking light yeah. guns and, um, <laughs> and guitars and like I'd like to see light guns see a comeback. I love it. That's guns. a great answer. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. even thought of light guns. Fantastic games. answer. Probably would also be my answer. But since you took it, I'm just going to say uh, toys to life games. Oh, oh shit! Uh, <laughs> sure. Well, no, yeah. specifically Disney Infinity. I wish would uh, have come back and get more of an opportunity to live. Because even divorced from the Toys to Life aspect, like that was just a really fun little game. Yeah. That that got better every single time. Mm-hmm. Like by yeah. the time it got to yeah. Marvel, I'm like, wow, this is almost like beyond being a Toys to Life game, you are an actual AAA game. Almost, it was almost there. Mm-hmm. And the Star I, I Wars don't understand great. why, in a world where loot boxes were a thing or microtransactions, where you didn't have to charge for the plastic toy, you could you could have literally just been like. I'm going to charge you five bucks for this Woody figure just because you want to see how he plays in the toy box game. Why? I, I get it. It, it could be predatory I, for like you kids, that, you know? Do you remember the that Kotaku like, article? It was great. It was like one word, Yondu. <laughs> Nobody wanted Yondu. Nope. Like, and, and all of a sudden he's taking up real estate at every, this blue Michael Rooker played Yondu mm-hmm. is taking up all the space because he's the new character. They wanted to prioritize him. Everyone likes Guardians, but not Yondu. And now all of a sudden he's like, Taking up more real estate than like eleven Yakuza games mm. um, yeah. right. per one product, and yeah. like get them at it. It killed the franchise. Well, we, the, the, there were other problems that were reported, like I guess with like the first wave of Marvel stuff, like they didn't have enough Hulks to go around, and then they're like, oh, people really want Hulk, so then they yeah. overcompensated and made way too many Hulks, and now it's yeah. like there's there's too many. Nobody wants all these goddamn Hulks. Yeah. Let, lest we forget the the Wave One Lone Ranger DLC mm-hmm. set. Ah, yes. Like they really picked a little too much on that. By yeah. the time they got to Star Wars, it's like, oh, the game's worked out. It's really good, and no one's paying attention because mm-hmm. they lost everybody. 
So like that Ubisoft Starlink game had like a digital only version and I felt felt like that was just as fun like in terms of playing a game and not needing mm-hmm. to look at a piece of plastic on a shelf it's like oh that's neat I can change the parts on my ship and then it changes how I play this game like that's all I want like why did that have to completely go away just because some retailers couldn't move pieces of plastic like come on Yeah mm-hmm. What about you Larry uh, I'll, I'm a little more simple in regards to what I would love to see back, but I also know it's their niche and probably not going to be popular. So I offer it with two, tw- two twists. One <laughs> is revive it in VR and two revive it with more of an edgy twist. Uh, I would love to see the sim and tycoon kind of genre come back. Oh, oh, cool. oh a yeah, roller coaster tycoon like, in VR. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I like Holy that. Shit. I, th- that's, Wow, that is the missing ingredient from a lot of those games. Yeah. Did you did you play there? If it wasn't Roller Coaster Tycoon, but it's the same studio. What was that called? That um, they're still doing it. They still support that game. But it's it's like the spiritual successor to Roller Coaster Tycoon. It's okay. It just like doesn't feel quite theme the same. Park or yeah, something but like that. but well, you, you I think may Theme not, Park was first. And then you may not want to build something in VR, but like you could build it outside of VR and then ride it in VR, and then it would be life changing. I, if you didn't, I saw that Roller Coaster Tycoon where they just did all of Bohemian Rhapsody in this, you know, 2D old game. And, like, I've watched that video three times. Imagine if it was in VR, like, mm-hmm. dipping to the beat of the music and running over piano keys. That would be wonderful. I just like to, you know, build up my little hospital or whatever, you know, <laughs> dark twisted. Like, there was even, like, drug tycoon type stuff. It'd be fun to experience that tycoon world in, in a VR experience. It doesn't even have to be extensive. Yeah. It's more data driven yeah. than anything, but you know, bring it back. Planet Coaster is the one I'm thinking of. You should play yeah. Planet Planet Coaster or um, Two Point Hospital if you like that mm. genre and are okay with British humor every now and then. Mm. Very funny. No, games. no, no British humor allowed. No, no British. <laughs> we will not tolerate that hibbledy pibbledy here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no jokes about Todgers around yes. here. Thank you. I don't understand what you mean when you say blockbuster. <laughs> I mean, it's a game, literally, if a symptom is lightheaded, it has people walking around with light bulbs as their heads. Right, yes. So that tells you everything you need to hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So what is a game genre that you're nostalgic for and would like to see return? Let us know. Go to videogamepocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 402. Alternately, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or you can ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Larry, uh, is there anything you want to direct people's attention to? Any personal projects? Sure. Uh, I teach photography on YouTube. If you're interested in wow. vlogs and photography stuff, just yes. look up Photo Me Larry on YouTube. And that's me. Photo Me Larry. There you go. Nice. I've seen some of his photos. They are awesome, and you should definitely check it out. You should be in some, man. Just let me know. Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, Larry, by the way, also works with me. Uh, we are making the Callisto Protocol, so we will hype that. If you haven't Plug seen that, that trailer, mm-hmm. go watch our trailer. Yeah. Turn out the lights. It's, yes. It's, it's better when you watch Go watch the, the Red Band version, the, the one that has more blood and guts and stuff. Ooh. It's pretty cool. Chris? Um, patreon.com slash or some some of the sub- such nonsense we have uh, our best of the year is coming a little late because um, this has been the worst year for me imaginable and I say that not expecting sympathy it is the worst year for everyone imaginable so everything is late everything is wrong but it's also like everyone around me is dead sick or crying so I don't know what to do love you guys thanks for listening and being patrons um, 
terrible world. <laughs> Vote next time. <laughs> Patreon.com slash laser time is where you can also hear Michael and I uh, monthly. We join for the 30 2010 games show where we take a look back at Vidya games, kind of like today's top five from 30, 20 and 10 years ago. And this is where Chris does that on the weekly 30, 2010 show, but we really give it like a deep dive with a bunch of geeks who just have been playing games for a really long time because we're old. Uh, speaking of old dudes playing games, you can check me out on Twitch. I'm Matty C Allen. That's M A T T Y C A. L-L-E-N. That's also how you can follow me on Twitter to hear when I'm about to go on Twitch and stream. Now, as always, you can follow the show at VG Apocalypse or visit it online at VGGameApocalypse.com. And you can go on Twitter and follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Uh, and I will very rarely post things that surprisingly go viral. Um, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Brolin. Brolin. Josh Brolin. Cheer. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Brolin, 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 Brolin. What? He's Bran. Brolin, Brolin. <laughs> Bob Streisand's his mother-in-law. Cheer. <laughs> Guess we found our secret sound already. That was Yay. a quick one. Sure. All right. Cool.